Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Hey, Wes, look, we've got listeners. Whoa, Perry, we've got listeners. How about that? We're going to have a great podcast today. Well, yeah, you've chosen the right time to, to come check us out. This is the first episode of the Banter Pod. We've got a great, uh, great lineup for you today. We're going to talk about fantasy football. We're going to talk about Disney movies. We're going to talk about... Um, even some college football coming up. It's going to be a big day. So, uh, with that being said, this is Banter, I Hardly Know Her, Episode 1, Q Intro. This is Perry Wilson here with my partner and co-host, Wes Richardson. Um, welcome to the first ever episode of Banter I Hardly Know Her. Now, I know you may be thinking, Banter? I hardly know her. What does that mean? Is that a joke? Is that, you know, a sexual innuendo? No, actually, this is a... Well, it is a joke. It is a joke. It, 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 <laughs> it is, is a definitely joke. a joke. Um, it's related to The Office when... Uh, Michael Scott uh, says a little. Um, they're in the in the warehouse or something, mm-hmm. and someone says something about the Baylor, and Michael Scott says, "Baylor, I hardly know her." And if I had a dollar for every time that I lived with Perry for two years, that a word ended in er, and he followed it up with, "I hardly know her." Yeah, I wouldn't be in college anymore because I'd be rich. This is true. Yeah, yeah, true. I, I just am waiting to see like. A movie trailer that that is just that just ends the trailer with trailer. I hardly know it, you know, but it hasn't happened yet. Maybe someday Steve Carell get on. We that. love that. We love that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the origin of the name. Millennials might get it, or maybe uh, maybe some of my uh, friends and family or the older listeners maybe don't get that one. So I felt like we explained that one um, up front. But anyway, Wes, um, what do you you want to explain a little bit about like what our goal is, kind of with the pod? Yeah, so let's be honest. We are two barely college grads who have not mm. experienced the breadths of life yet. So we're not going to sit here and just shoot opinions at you Truth. because we don't have those yet. However, we want this to be a community-driven place where you can ask us questions that range from anywhere, um, from who should we start in our fantasy lineup, who's going to win the Big Ten, who's going to win the SEC, is LeBron going to make the Lakers great again? Mm. Any stuff like we'll that. There. Or, <laughs> <laughs> Another day. Another day. <laughs> or uh, if you want to ask us questions about life, pursuing college, pursuing careers, all that kind of stuff. Or even stuff like, is a hot dog a sandwich? Mm, is a hot dog a sandwich? Let's let's tackle that. Yeah, one let's actually let's right get now. that one out of the way. Yeah, before anybody else asks that, I know I know some uh, some men from the great hall of Tarkington that would probably be asking that before this is even posted. Honestly, um, but yeah, Wes, what's your opinion? Let's get that so, out of the way. This is hard for me. If you look at the definition of a sandwich, it is considered a piece of meat between two pieces of bread. That is a sandwich. However, a hot dog, you know, a hot dog is a piece of meat, mystery meat, let's be honest, and, you know, it's on a hot dog bun, which most people say that makes it not a sandwich because a bun is one piece of bread. However, how do you explain a sub or a hoagie, because all of those have one piece of bread. Sure. So by by definition, a hot dog can be considered a sandwich. <sighs> now, in the world of West Richardson, I say a hot dog is its own entity. 
but I will not fight the definition. Sure. Uh, Wes, we are both probably taking more passive-aggressive routes at this <laughs> at this question. I'm not going to say yes or no, unfortunately. I think, and I've been saying this for a while, I think it's a subcategory. If mm-hmm. you think of a, tr- of a tree, at the top is the word sandwich. Then mm, that's good. going from that, good you one. have Subway sandwich. You have, like, Subway sandwich also has, like, the subcategory of, like, I guess it'd be submarine sandwich. Dang it, some free advertising there. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but that also has, like, the subcategory of, like, your your typical, like, lunch meat sandwiches. Because mm-hmm. that's, you know, subs have lunch meat, two slices of bread, right. lunch meat. Um, you have hoagies is a separate tree mm-hmm. branch. And then you have, it's in its own tree branch, is hot dog. I would not relate that hot dog with any other tree branch because it does have its own bun. True. When you buy a, a hot dog bun, it says hot dog bun, bun. on it. However, I I can't say that it's not under the big umbrella. That's true. Yeah. It's a hard topic. Now, it is. would you put a bratwurst on a hot dog bun? Yeah, you totally could. But a bratwurst is not a hot dog, is it? Does that make the hot dog okay. its own tree? Uh, uh, all right, I have no idea how to answer this one. <laughs> I, I'm not well prepared, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I'm going to say that a bratwurst is next to a hot dog, but not under a hot dog. And not popular enough to have its own bun. And not popular, yeah, I don't even know. Just give it an asterisk and call it done, you yep, know? Yep, Alright. But, hey, have this have this conversation at the dinner table with your Absolutely. families. Absolutely. Yeah. So, hopefully that gives you a little little uh, snippet of maybe what what this pod is going to be all about. It's going to be all about arguing about stupid stuff and having, uh, having strong opinions about things that really don't matter. Mm-hmm. And uh, moving from that, we're going to talk about Disney movies, and we're going to talk about fantasy football, some sleepers and bust predictions, as well as college football, which starts next Saturday. That's whack. Or even Friday, probably. They always have Friday or Thursday games. Gotta love like the Mac. Boise State or something, yeah. Um, so I'm going to let Wes go, and he's going to go prep his uh, his lineups for his fantasy sleepers and busts for later, and I'm going to bring in someone very special. He knows a lot about Disney movies and Marvel movies, anything in general. He's seen them all. He can help me out on this topic. So with that being said, we're going to move on to the next segment of today's show. We're going to call it The Cinema Update with me, The Cinema Psycho. Cue random intro music. I've got someone who's like family to me almost. Uh, It's my cousin, Ben Wilson. Uh, He's here to Help me talk about some of the biggest Disney movies of the summer. Um, the summer starting with April, in this case, just so we can include Endgame. And ending with um, The Lion King, which just came out. We're going to talk about just kind of maybe our our favorites of these movies. So what was good about them? What did we not like about them? Maybe did what exceeded our expectations, whatever. And, uh, and hopefully get a ranking of uh, one through five, those, those movies. So... Uh, ben, welcome to the pod. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Yeah, we're relatively, I guess you could say family, right? I mean, you know, I mean, as close as, <laughs> as family can get. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
No, it's awesome. And I am just a big movie lover and did all things Disney, basically anything Disney. So I'm super excited. And I've always wanted to do this. I listen to a lot of podcasts and everything that, you know, do rankings. And I've never got to do like a, an official one of anything. So I'm, I'm excited to do this. And uh, there's a lot of like a ton of crazy good movies to choose from. Like this is this is pretty hard to choose, honestly, because a lot of these are like top top tier movies so this isn't like ranking from the worst to the best this is like ranking from the uh, not as best movie of all time to you know best <laughs> movie of all time actually so uh yeah so it's gonna be fun yeah well we're glad to have you um you definitely chose the right pod to start out on and really get your career started in front of tens of people um <laughs> it's gonna be an exciting <laughs> show for sure so I can handle all the fame and the uh, fortune <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, with that, uh, I suppose let's get started. I guess we can just go in um, order of release date and start with um, Endgame, just kind of maybe what you thought about it. Yeah. Well, I actually just watched Endgame last night for the second time. I only got to watch it, I think, in theaters once, which is pretty rare. Did you see it multiple times? Or do you see any movie multiple times in theater, or do you just watch you know everything once? Um, yeah, so rarely do I go multiple times, but for this movie I did. I, I went once on opening night, and then I went back about a week later um, and watched it again. And I had even some different notice things I noticed the second time, for sure. I feel like a lot of them are kind of like that second watch makes a big difference, just because you can kind of take it in a little bit more. You know, you're not just like watching only for story, but it is... The biggest thing just from watching it again that just strikes me is like the tone difference from Infinity War is just crazy how different it is. You know, I mean, I think that opening scene with the, uh, you know, and obviously spoilers and everything, but the opening scene with uh, Hawkeye's family is just like, I just remember being like, whoa, this is how this movie starts, you know, where they just all dust and he's like, you know, yelling for him and everything. I mean, it's just gut wrenching and it's just crazy that they opened a movie like that completely silent, no music, you know, instant into the movie. I thought that was just such a good moment. Um, and that's one of the things that really sticks out to me, uh, overall. And, uh, I think the other thing that really, I was telling my brothers last night was just, it's so cool that, you know, after what, how many movies was it? Is it 22 movies? I, I believe think? 22. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. anyone who's, Curious can check my uh, my blog, thecinemapsycho.com, uh, shameless plug, but I do have a ranking there, so I think it's 22. Yeah. And, I mean, so 22 movies, you know, this is the biggest, basically the most expensive, you know, one of the most, like, has a lot to prove and do in this movie, but they give every character, like, so much time to do, like, memorable moments. So, you know, with Tony, he gets to talk to his dad. Uh, you know, with Thor, he gets that awesome moment with his mom, which I think is such a powerful thing because, you know, they just break... Like, I feel like Thor's past finally comes to catch him in this movie and, like, just the weight of everything. Like, before, he never really seemed to phase, but now he's, like, just crushed. And I thought that was a super special moment with his mom. They give Tony awesome moments. Obviously, I just said they give uh, Cap that great moment, you know, when he looks through the... Uh, through the, the blinds. Like, there's just so many great moments, like, uh, with all the characters. Um, so I, I think that's super cool. And then my one of my favorite lines out of the whole movie was, um, you know, when uh, Nat comes to get, uh, I guess it's Ronin, but, you know, Hawkeye, uh, when he's in Tokyo, and he turns around, he's just, like, you know, covered in rain and everything. He's just, And when he says, like, something to the effect of, 
please don't give me hope or something like that. And I just thought that was such a powerful, like just a great line and really, really cool moments. So yeah, those absolutely. Are some of the- but what's, what are the things like you watching it, you know, that you just like stood out the most to you from infinity war maybe. Um, well I'd say just like a totally different, like a, a 180 kind of change in emotion definitely caught me. Like I noticed the second time around, um, cause the end of infinity war is totally like somber and, um, just a dark kind of emotion. And then that's the same thing for the first hour and a half or so of Endgame, And then they come back and the whole rest of the movie though, like though, like, you know, still they're got a big fight to win and stuff, but I feel like the emotion was totally different. Totally, for sure. And I felt like they had the funny stuff in it. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, Paul Rudd literally is just, I mean, he is basically the comic relief of the movie. I mean, he's so funny. And then I thought the scene with, you know, Ant-Man going through time and Hulk just, you know, going like, I call this a win or whatever. I think that stuff is hysterical. Uh, <laughs> I just die and laughing and watching that last night. So, but do I have to give my ranking of this one yet or do I do it at the end? No, we'll go. We'll do it at the end. We're just going to, just a quick, okay, okay. uh, rundown of each movie uh one thing i did want to ask you about uh was related to the like balance of power in endgame as compared to infinity war where infinity war um he thanos you know he he takes has a has a tough fight with like thor when he has almost all the infinity stones all but one and thor just about kills him yeah then in endgame with zero stones he fights Captain America, he fights Iron Man and Thor, though it's Fat Thor, but you know, he's still powerful yeah. with two of Thor's yeah. weapons and he beats them both. How does that work? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I liked it from the fact that like it basically showed that this is why Thanos is the most powerful being in the universe, even before he had the stones, and why he was like one of the only people. I mean, because, you know, remember in, like, uh, as Guardians, right, where all of the Guardians had to hold the Power Stone together to be able to even handle that much power, and Thanos can just pick it up in his hand, you know? So I think, like, they talk about him being the most powerful being, and then getting to see him do that was, like, pretty aw- awesome. But I do agree that, you know, obviously from a, well, even in the original one, you know, Iron Man, I mean, he basically, he's the only one that even dents him, you know? I mean, he gives him the one drop of blood type thing. And I think that's one of the best scenes in the Infinity War. And then in this one, he basically just gets thrown and then, you know, he's basically done like for that rest of that fight until the end. Um, So I definitely think they had to ramp him up a little bit just to give him even a chance. Um, But I do think it was cool that like Wanda almost, I mean, she basically would have killed him, I think. Absolutely. uh, which was cool. And, uh, but I do think that he was maybe a little bit more powerful and I think it was a different power though. Like in the first one, he seems like he's almost God where he just, he has no effort almost. It feels like he never puts any effort into it. Barely. Whereas in this one, it felt like he was like really trying hard, you know, when he like, he's trying to get the gauntlet and he's like running on all fours almost like he kind of pushes off with his hands and stuff. And he's, he, he seems a little less like absolute control, but he's still powerful, but he's not quite as like, because then really, I mean, in the other one, he could have just turned them all to bubbles or whatever else he wanted to do and instantly killed them. And the one thing I thought was I didn't really get, though, last night was, well, you know, when he's fighting Captain Marvel and he takes the power stone off and punches her, which I thought was really cool, like an idea that he could take off one stone. But he was pushing on her with the gauntlet with all five stones in it. So one, he could have snapped right then. But two, 
I don't really know why he couldn't have just used the power stone in that hand and knocked her over or whatever. You know, I just thought that was kind of kind of interesting. Like, why did he have to do like a left hook or whatever, you know? But um, oh, and I got to say, best shot in the entire movie and possibly of almost of any movie is when Captain America is out on that rock and you see Thanos and the whole army and it's just Captain with his broken shield and Thor's hammer. I think that's one of the best like you know, just cinematic scenes ever. It's so beautiful and cool. I want to get that like framed in a big poster or something. <laughs> yeah, that was so. a cool shot for sure. Yeah, um, it's a great movie. <laughs> um, all right, I guess the next movie up would be uh, from May, Aladdin, uh, the remake by um, Guy Ritchie. Um, what did you think? Just kind of your initial thoughts on it. I was shocked. Uh, that's my initial thought. I was. I, uh, Aladdin, the original one. I mean, I love the D- original Disney animated, but Aladdin would never have been in my top, probably even ten. Um, I know a lot of people love it just because they grew up watching it. I didn't grow up watching it as much, so it's not as like memorable to me. Uh, so I didn't really have super high hopes for it, but I was just blown away. I love musicals. Thought the music was great. Thought Will Smith was awesome. But I think you kind of were surprised too, weren't you? A little bit. You know, I was very nervous because, and unlike you, I'd say Aladdin is absolutely one of my favorite if not my favorite disney movie of all time possibly wow. i'd have to i have to really go in and think about it and maybe for my blog sometime i'll do that i don't know but uh yeah i was nervous i was like they better not do this wrong you know they, they gotta they gotta give give me justice here with the with the remake and um i wasn't disappointed I, it exceeded my expectations for sure it, it, it was just comedy i thought so people hated on mina masood a little bit as as aladdin and i thought he was i thought he nailed it personally mm-hmm. i mean the original aladdin uh is not a great singer anyway so i thought the voice was about the same um the same singer in the original one because i thought jasmine's a different person right I didn't know if Aladdin was a different yeah, actor. Yeah, so I think it's the same voice for Aladdin. Jasmine's singing voice is the same voice as um, Mulan's that's right, voice that's right. for the whole movie, I think. Or maybe that's, that's maybe that's opposite. Maybe, maybe I got that backwards. Maybe Jasmine's voice sure for the whole movie. Jasmine. I'm pretty sure Jasmine does not sing, I thought, because it sounds like her accent's not there or the way her talking or whatever is different. But maybe not. Maybe not. I can't remember. But anyways, continue. <laughs> um, but I think the big thing that people were blown away with was Naomi Scott's portrayal of Jasmine. I think people thought she nailed it. I thought she nailed it. Um, best singer in the movie, I would say. Um, You're yeah. really good. You, you were, uh, were you pro Naomi Scott as Jasmine? Yeah, I thought she did really good. Uh, I thought I really, I was pro every character except for uh, Jafar. I thought he was pretty weak, honestly, like compared to the original one. I thought the original one just seemed so, you know, evil. His voice was awesome. Uh, I thought this one, he just seemed pretty generic, you know, whatever, versus, like, this just, you know, the most powerful sorcerer. He seemed kind of not in control of anything, really, but um, he wasn't bad. He just, I didn't think he was as good. And honestly, I think the reason they probably did it was just to have someone slightly younger, so it wouldn't be quite as weird if he was going to marry Jasmine type thing. I don't know. That's just... But in the original one, I mean, the guy's like, you know, 50, and then he's going to be marrying her, which may be be accurate. I don't know. But but other than that, I I thought it was great. And a lot of people I know were, like, really worried with Will Smith, but I thought he did a great job. Super funny. Uh, really got the vibe across and I liked how he and Je- uh, Aladdin were pretty, you know, very close and like friends. I thought that was cool. Um, and then I thought it was cool that he ended up being, you know, the storyteller. Like I thought that was a really neat kind of twist a little bit. Um, 
but that first Arabian Nights song, I play that like probably once or twice a week because I just love that opening. I think it's so good. Uh, and overall, I think the colors and everything also were really well done. I think the movie was just really pretty. Um, did you say that? Who was the director of that one, did you say? Guy Ritchie directed it. So he's known that? for... He did um, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, which is a movie I like. A lot of people don't. <laughs> um, he also did the two Robert uh, Downing Jr. Um, Sherlock oh, yeah. Holmes movies. Love the first one of those. He's uh, got a lot no. of older movies as well, but those are the more recent right. ones. Yeah, so no, I thought Aladdin was probably... It was real up there for me. I really liked it, but I'll tell you what the actual ranking is later. <laughs> well, one other thing I want to say is um, about Aladdin before we move on... Um, so, first of all, Guy Ritchie's storytelling ability, I thought, really showed through in in some of the action scenes. So, if you haven't seen a lot of the Guy Ritchie movies, you maybe not know what I'm talking about. But if you have, you, you can definitely tell. Um, also, the comedy from Will Smith and Jasmine's uh, lady-in-waiting, or handmaid, or whatever okay. you want to call it. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's just it's a great, fun. like, aspect to the film they added. And... Um, Kind of the last thing I wanted to say is um, the big the big thing they twisted. I think every remake should have a little bit of a a little bit of a twist to improve it, and we'll get to that later <laughs> with another one of the, these movies. But uh, the the big twist kind of is is Jasmine spoilers um, and her role and her being much more involved in the plot and not just being willing to settle for being, you know, the prize to be won. Right. And and I think that that went over really well. It wasn't overbearing. It was really That's tasteful. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, totally agree. Cuz I mean, obviously like I have nothing no problems with it. It's just I do have problems though when it feels like they force it through at all with at you know, at the cost of all else or whatever. And I felt like she was very like willing she was willing to even do what she needed to do even if she didn't like it because of her, the greater good, but she knew in the end, like she would be better than obviously Jafar was. And that's when she finally set her foot down. And I thought that was really cool that, you know, she realized that, but she was like very, I felt like gracious and Royal about the whole, like just how she, you know, presented herself and it was believable. I thought, you know, not like mm -hmm. just kind of shoehorned in or they just, you know, she was like, had to make a huge statement about it. I thought it was just really well, just felt really normal, like natural and everything. I thought that was super cool. Um, really well done. And I was also going to say, oh, I thought like the shooting was really interesting where, um, you know, like this song when he's singing his, uh, you know, one step or whatever song, whatever. Uh, what's the name of that one? One jump. Uh, yeah, one jump. So when he's doing that, you know, when he's like walking through and he kind of does the fast forward thing real quick. I thought stuff like that was really interesting because it was like totally not a normal live action type deal, I feel like. But it, I thought it worked cool. I thought it was really interesting um use of like speeding up the, the how the stuff moved and kind of like the same with the dance scene where mm -hmm. aladdin or uh uh genie is you know dancing making him dance i thought that was super super funny too and really well done even though i know some people thought it was stupid but i thought it was hilarious uh and just kind of cool and catchy like the whole dance scene was just super catchy i thought so yeah no i think it was a good twist overall yeah uh, i think I, for sure i agree that jafar was definitely my the biggest tick or the biggest letdown of that movie for sure Jafar not the greatest actor choice I would have leaned yeah. toward I wanted Ben Kingsley was who I've been kind of saying was good, interesting good Jafar. yeah he's definitely an older age right but he's really uh but he's really cool mm -hmm. and I mean he's 
yeah, I think just far was just kind of forgettable. You know, it wasn't like he was bad. He just wasn't really forgivable or for rememberable. So a little unfortunate, but overall they nailed it, I think, which is really important when you're doing a remake. I mean, yeah. you know, same with Beauty and the Beast. I think that was really important for that one too. So, all right. So next, uh, we have Toy Story from June, what, 24th, 24th, I can't, Toy Story 4. Um, the movie that nobody really wanted, but they got. And I personally am pretty happy to have it. What about you? Yeah, I definitely am. I mean, I like years ago, this is like one of the most memorable things. I, I remember talking to Sam, my brother, and he was like, oh, they're not going to do Toy Story 4. And I was like, I could see him doing it. And I think they would bring back Bo Peep. And, and this was like probably like, I don't even know, like seven or eight years ago or something like that. And then when they announced that it was going to have Bo Peep back in it, I was like, call it, you know, <laughs> I, was, I, did. I thought that was really neat. Um, I do feel like even though it's done really well, I feel like it's kind of mindshare wise, not quite as big as some of the other ones were, which I think is unfortunate. Uh, but I'm glad they did it. I mean, I love Toy Story, just the whole like world of Toy Story. I think it's just so, you know, core to me growing up and everything. So I thought one really cool thing was, you know, when Toy Story one came out, I was the same age that my daughter is when she went with us to see Toy Story four. So it's pretty cool that, you know, 20 whatever years it is that you know 25 years almost of one franchise that's animated which is really about as old as it gets mm-hmm. you know you can't go much farther back which i think is pretty cool um so that was yeah i think i'm glad they did it mm-hmm. but what were some of the highlights to you of it overall well first of all like that opening scene just kind of let me know what type of movie this was going to be. And I was like all in at that point. First of all, the animation, you could tell it's been nine years. And also I had gone back, of course, like most uh, yeah. huge Toy Story fans and watched the first three the week before. And nice. just remembering what the f- the first one looked like yeah, compared to what the fourth one looked like. It's so insane just to see the advancements. <laughs> Even the third one to the fourth one is crazy. Yeah, it really is. It's old. Like the amount of movies that have come after Toy Story 3, even though I feel like Toy Story 3 just came out. Um, but what is the opening scene? I can't remember. I've only seen it once. So so the opening scene, I don't want to spoil too much, um, right. but, but you know, I'm going to spoil some of it because it's my podcast. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the opening scene, there, it's nine years in the past. So I imagine just probably... Well, I guess Barbie's there. Um, and it's so it's just before... Oh, yeah, well, I guess they're all there, so all at Andy's yeah. house. So it's just before the the events that happen in Toy Story three, um, and um, it's kind of their Operation Save RC um, in the rain, and during all this, Bo Peep is packed away into a box. Um, yep. Oh and, yeah, such a good moment. And Woody, you know, has that moment with her where he's just like, do I get in the box and go with her? He really wanted to. He's about to. And then he hears Andy saying, where's Woody? I need Woody. And yep. wait a second. That, that doesn't so make good. sense. That couldn't be just before the, the happenings of Toy Story 3 then because Andy was young then. Or closer to 2 probably. Yeah. But still, I mean, either way. So it's nine years yeah. their time rather than nine years our time because that would put it right. in 2002. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that would have been like probably, yeah, when he was still like 12 or something like that. But yeah, that was so like, and it's so beautiful that scene, like the lighting and the rain and just, you know, you're just like, oh man, that just rips your heart out. Cause you're like, I could imagine that. And it would just be so horrible, you know? And then again, what he's showing his loyalty is just, he's, that's what he is. I mean, he's just so loyal. And I think that's, that was an awesome moment. Mm. Uh, I love that you sure. brought up the lighting. 
the lighting yeah. was spectacular. I think something totally <laughs> new for animation was how they did the lighting, especially with the carnival scenes and yep. just like I don't know. That kind of blew me away, especially the second time I watched it. I did go back and watch that one twice as well. Nice. Yeah, I saw a video on YouTube talking about the lighting of it a little bit, just because it is a whole different way. Um, there was some other movie that did it recently. I can't remember what it was, but it's just they did it a much like higher range of color, which is really hard to do. They said it hasn't been done until more recently, um, and I, I think this is the movie I'm thinking of. But it allowed to create a lot more natural looking light, and especially for background highlights and you know stuff going on in the background. And I just remembered when uh, Woody and Bo Peep are walking through the uh, the antique store, and there's like all those cords and stuff, and they're going there's like dust, and the light sun is like on them, and it just looks so real. It looks honestly like you know those pictures where it's called tilt shift you know when you're taking a picture of a town there's like blurred out at the top and the bottom so it makes everything look miniature in the center it almost kind of looked like that where it almost looked like model not not models because they're more realistic but kind of it looks like real life like real video with like animated characters in it i thought like it's so realistic looking but it works i mean it's not like it looks out of place or anything um that was one of the things I think that stood out the most. And if you go look and look back at Toy Story three, it, or, or even any of the other ones, but Toy Story three is the most recent. It is night and day the lighting. I mean, it makes the whole thing feel different, really. I mean, the whole feeling is just totally, totally different. Because even three looks kind of plasticky. Everything feels like it's more like, you know, this fake, smooth, colorful world. And then four feels like it's real life, basically, except you know, animated or whatever. Um, but what did you think about Forky? <laughs> uh, I I I liked how they made him into kind of the the troll that he is, you know, like yeah. why am I here? How am I alive? Nobody knows, <laughs> and nobody yeah, ever found out. That question was never really answered. But um, yeah. but I thought yeah, he was he was a good funny part of the movie for sure. I mean, let's just be honest the 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 plot of like the story arc of Toy Story 4 isn't nearly as strong and I think I think Forky is kind of a an element of that he's kind of a gimmick a little bit um but I think the ending still hits pretty hard even though maybe not as hard as Toy Story 3 but it's really solid yeah no I know you like I liked the ending I didn't think it was as good as 3 just because I mean I would you know like I like Bo Peep but you have more of an attachment to Woody and Buzz personally Mm -hmm. so I just thought that whole like, you know, well, it's really two endings because you get the furnace scene in Toy Story 3, which is just crazy. And then you get the uh, the final like Andy driving away. And the weird thing is like Bonnie's been in two movies and Andy's been in all of them, but really only they are toys in two movies. But you feel way more attached to Andy. So that driving away, like, you know, just growing up type thing, really, I felt like hit harder than the separation of them. But but when he says in two infinity and you know and beyond, mm. obviously that's I mean that's a great line, a great moment. So yeah, no shame. Yeah. I definitely teared up in the theater <laughs> the second time more than the first time. I don't know why, but huh. yeah, that's rare when you know it's coming up. You know, usually, but that's, yeah. yeah, it's definitely. Uh, and I thought the dad, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I, Let's I, I love actually. Flo- what was the two fuzzy characters' names? Oh, new- uh, Ducky and and Bunny. Oh, that was, they were so funny. Like, when like, yeah, when they were talking about their, their plan for the old lady, I thought that was so funny. Like, uh, <laughs> so, like just different, you know, and they, they were totally names for the plans. characters. Yeah. 
oh that was great <laughs> like when they're in the bath they're like not yet you know and then they like drown her or whatever it was it's just so <laughs> so funny but it's definitely the funniest i think like oh, outright absolutely. like funny you know comedy moments um which real quick here i was just on a tangent we watched despicable uh despicable me three a couple days ago because my daughter wanted to watch it have you seen it i have seen it i think i watched it on a plane atrocious it's compared bad. to something. it's like the humor is basically like can you not be anything more inventive than just like mm-hmm. you know, essentially it's all just like fart joke level humor you know and yeah. it's just it's just so bad compared to these kind of movies but anyways i just yeah, had to say i that. agree <laughs> that'll be another another pod maybe we can talk about dreamworks yeah. but um yeah so all right well the next one would definitely be far from home i believe that one come out before lion king i think it did uh, it's real close. I think Lion King came Lion- out like the nineteenth, and Far From Home yeah, was like July. the fifth or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yep. So Far From Home, what do you think? Uh, did it did it rival the original Spider Man movie? Um, I don't know. In some ways, I personally, the first Spider Man is probably one of my top Marvel movies for rewatching. Uh, just because I just there's something about the feeling of it I love. Um, so it wasn't, I didn't like it quite as much. I thought the action was cool, but I felt like he had done cooler stuff or more. I thought some of the action, a couple of the other ones was a little bit better. Um, but I thought Mysterio was really good. I thought that was a really good, like, I mean, I knew something was coming, but I thought it was really well done. Just the whole, how it all works and stuff. I thought it was really, really cool. Um, and then I liked the whole, I just liked the traveling across Europe. I thought that was hilarious you know ned's always awesome and then like just stuff like when the drone attacked to kill the one guy who was texting you know <laughs> mj i thought that was super funny um and i like the teachers i thought those were really good um i don't know I, I obviously like you find out the about fury later but i felt like that was a little out of place because you didn't know that so it felt a little odd but yeah that's, uh, that's a big spoiler so we're <laughs> yeah don't say anything too much about that but overall i thought it was nailed it i think i mean just felt fun you know after endgame and how dark that one is and how like it's not super happy you know i thought toy story or toy story uh far from home kind of changed the vibe overall but what did you think yeah i i agree with most of what you said for sure i think um i maybe was burdened with too high expectations because i watched it maybe four or five days after it came out. So a lot of my friends had already seen it. My dad had already seen it, which is rare. Um, and he said that it was his favorite Marvel movie yeah. ever. It's crazy. Which I think that's a bold statement. Um, yeah. So I went in thinking, man, maybe this movie is phenomenal. Not phenomenal, but very good, very yeah. solid. Top, I believe, maybe I put it like eight on my yeah. ranking. Um but, yeah, it, it was very funny. I mean, I expected that. Tom Holland is very smooth, very funny, very likable. You can put him in a lot of different situations, and he excels. Um, MJ, obviously, she's Zendaya is a good actress as well. I was maybe a little disappointed by Mysterio. Um, I'm a big... Vulture, for sure, I thought. I mean, I think Vulture is one of the best villains of all of Marvel, uh, other than Thanos and mm-hmm. maybe others, Loki, but... Uh, I love the vulture scenes, so I thought he wasn't as good as him for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it mine is maybe just because like Jake Gyllenhaal, I'm a big fan. He's a great actor, yeah. and I thought first half of the movie or so before you know, if you haven't seen it, sorry, Mysterio is a bad guy. If you don't know from comics or just whatever, 
you know, going in, Mysterio's not a good guy, but they, you know, early on they try to make they him... They tried to make it seem like he wasn't, though, didn't they? Like, right, they definitely tried. They were trying, because everyone knew it, mm-hmm. but they're like, oh, no, 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 you know, but yeah. I was like, okay. But his acting was super stale while he was pretending to be a good guy, and I was like, man, something feels off about his acting, yeah. but it's because he was, like, in... He was acting. <laughs> actingception. He was acting inside yeah. of acting. He's pretending to be a, a, a hero. So, you know, that it was like... <laughs> So yeah. maybe I shouldn't give him, you know, maybe I should give him some credit. His he had a tough role. Um, I didn't. I was maybe just a little disappointed that all of it was fake, and he actually, you know, doesn't have any kind of power <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> well, and the multiverse, you know, all that. And then I also thought, like, the scene where he talks about, like, you know, his reveal or whatever, I thought was a little like over the top, like felt kind of fake, you know, where he's like standing up there and he's like, "Did we whatever?" and he just felt like. <laughs> total exposition that's it you know like i felt like a little bit uh weak on that part but um also i don't really believe even if you had all the drones and everything it would all work quite like that but i mean it was cool Mm. i'm just not sure it would all be actually as perfect as it makes it look you know but it is really a cool concept um for sure but yeah, Spider-Man himself. I was definitely disappointed because I was seeing like the reviews were giving it like I think the second highest score of all, maybe other than like tied with Ragnarok. Um, and I loved Ragnarok, so I was hoping this was going to be like the best, you know, top top four or something. And I was definitely I wouldn't I liked it, but I was disappointed as well overall, just slightly. Uh, again, not bad. It just mm. wasn't. It wasn't like the top five for me or anything like that. Um, it was definitely up there, though. Well, you know, it was good overall. They do. I mean, you know, Marvel. I don't. I honestly, other than a couple, I don't think they can. They're really. They figured out how to make a good movie. Yeah. I think, like, even if it's not the best, it's still going to be good. Like, entertaining. Yeah, they have the formula down at this point. Totally, totally. <laughs> All right. Last but possibly least, um, we got the Lion King. <laughs> um, <laughs> I assume we have similar opinions. We did talk about this a little bit um, beforehand. Um, so I personally thought the Lion King was very disappointing. Looked great. I'm not going to take anything away. Looked amazing. Looked like almost like I was watching uh, Planet Earth or Our Planet or whatever. But it was exactly the same. (laughs) Like I needed some kind of twist. Beyonce had a song when he's running. (laughs) Okay, sure, true. That she did do that. than the original <laughs> scene, I think. But yeah, I think I just—I don't know. I wanted—I came into the movie expecting an epic, like a big time, yeah. you know, movie that you talk about, and um, I wanted more background on Scar. I wanted more background on like Simba and Nala's like childhood. I, you know, I wanted just some character depth, maybe Mufasa and Scar and their childhood, like kind of how they, yeah. you know became the 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 lines that they are in the start of the movie but you don't get any of that did you think because like in the original one i never thought mufasa had anything to do with a scar and scar but in this one i think it definitely made it seem like mufasa had given scar the scar did you get that he kind of does say like a little backhanded comment like i would never think i could challenge you in a fight or something or in brute strength he says like i'll never challenge i'll never make the mistake to challenge you again or something like that I thought something like that. Yeah. And I was like, maybe he, maybe they did like fight it once and that was how he got that or something. Um, 
Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I just felt two movies, and we still don't know how we got the scar on his face. Right. Yeah, it's just it's, it's a scar. Maybe he's born with it. You know, you never know. Uh, um, <laughs> it was rough coming out, but uh, the uh, you are right. Like I never really thought about that, but like that, like there weren't that many whoa moments. Like I thought the original, like the first scene of like obviously the you know which is shot for shot, like including the the giraffes coming over the hill or whatever, or maybe the yeah. You know, all that was perfect, and I thought mm-hmm. that was gorgeous. But there weren't that many scenes where I was like, "This is unbelievably beautiful." You know, with I mean, the animation was beautiful, but the scenery—they could have gone crazy, just made it, you know, animals everywhere, or just breathtaking. But they tried to make it look so real that I think they could have done a little bit more to make it just like you go, "Whoa, that was amazing!" Like this over and over and over. Um, and I just didn't think they did that very much. Like. They try to make it almost too realistic, I think. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know, maybe it would have looked weird if you had all these real animals in a fake world that wasn't perfect. You know, I don't know, but yeah, uh, a little conservative. You know, they didn't really take any risks. They're like, we don't want to ruin this. Right. And I understand. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because it is considered a masterpiece. I think it has like what ninety nine or hundred on Rotten Tomato, like ninety nine. I mean, it's the original one. Basically, yeah. I think it's, you know, considered one of the best animated movies ever, probably. I believe it's still in the, like, top 15 or something of highest grossing movies of all time. And and there's only, like, Frozen is the only animated above it, maybe, and it's been, you know, 25 years since the original. Which is kind of cool and fitting that the remake was the only one that really... I mean, it was the biggest of its time, and then Lion King, you know, is the biggest of its time, you know, which I think is cool. Um... But I thought, like, even, like, I was like, well, at least they have James Earl Jones. If nothing else, James Earl Jones, that's enough. But even him I was disappointed with. I thought his voice wasn't as, you know, he's older now, like a lot older. Uh, he didn't have much inflection, I thought. I thought he felt kind of flat uh, compared to the original one. Mm-hmm. And then I rewatched parts of the original one after, and it's just like, man, they just it's so good. Like, even compared to the, you know, it's just so powerful compared to this one. Even, like, the remember scene... It's better in the original one. Uh, the music's better in the original <laughs> one. The singing's better in the original one. Ooh, that's a hot take. I think, personally. <laughs> Maybe a couple were better. Uh, sure. I feel like they shortened a couple songs, though. As yeah. Well. Yeah. It's just hard because you can't, you can't do anything not real, you know? So it makes it kind of like you're just watching a documentary where almost the voices and stuff seem like they're not totally attached, you know? Because right. like, you don't have any emotion from from the animals like you know like i was like oh man i'm not gonna want to watch the light you know the mufasa death scene and honestly like it was way less emotional than the first one i thought like you know simba doesn't really even react hardly other than just you know kind of slowly walking up to him because he can't because his face can't move you know so you don't get that like over the top movement and stuff going everywhere and all through the movie the original so it kind of engages you whereas this one it's a little bit slower feeling because i thought even though like the scenes move fast the actual like engaging part doesn't really stuff doesn't really happen in between. They're just walking animals, you know. So it, it felt like hard to do that. And I thought Timon and Pumbaa nailed it. And they were like after they showed up, I thought the movie got much better at that point. That was when I really started like enjoying it, enjoying it. Um, yeah, I yeah. agree with you. They were both pretty funny. I wouldn't say they were any better. I'd probably still take the original yeah. two as well. But I thought like the stuff like when it got silly, you know, when they did like the in the jungle, the lion in sleep tonight. <laughs> you know, and then I thought, like, when they did the Be Our Guest, you know, I thought, <laughs> that's fun. Just play on those kind of things. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be 100%, like, 
a documentary or whatever um, with talking animals. But the animation, yeah, you're right. It's just like, it's almost amazing they can do it with, you know, in any cost-effective way. I mean, it's well, so beautiful. That, that, uh, you know that Be Our Guest took one of my favorite uh, little clips out of the original is what it kind of replaced, I think. Um, really? Which was the... The where they're like they hula and the you know and Pumbas. <laughs> That's why they Pumbas on a platter. And then the best line probably of Timon when he goes up and like fake proposes to Shenzi and he says Shenzi Marie Predatora Valdetta Jacqueline Hyena <laughs> would you do me the honor of becoming my bride? <laughs> I just <laughs> original. I don't remember that. That kills me. <laughs> Unless that's, that's from Lion King one and a half, but I'm pretty sure I think from one and a half. You think that one is? Yeah, I I don't remember that. Well, the hula is from the original part. for sure. He's like who who, and then he just kind of moves his hands towards him, and then they all go like get him or whatever, and then they run after him. But that's true because they couldn't have done that, so they had to replace it with something. And I think they did a good like a pretty funny, even though it wasn't maybe as funny as the original one. Uh, that's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> I know a lot of people didn't like Scar. I personally did, but I, th- I, know. I thought Scar was good. Yeah, I hated I what they did to be prepared, but yeah, right. But Scar was I good. Get why? I guess they were like, well, it's going to be hard to make a bunch of like hyenas basically do like a Nazi march, but uh, yeah. but it, it was not nearly as good. And Jeremy Irons is still alive, right? So I think he would have been cool to maybe yeah. bring back. Well, but yeah, possibly so, would have been a would have worked out. I don't know, but uh, yeah. Anyway, well, I guess we'll move ahead to the ranking. Um, so I guess we'll start with five. I, I have Lion King. I think it's pretty obvious for from the way I talked about it. Do you also have Lion King? Yeah. If you'd like asked me at the beginning of the year, there's no way I would have put I was I mean, honestly, other than Endgame, Lion King was the one I was most excited for this year. And it was the one that I I barely can make say I was disappointed because I want it to be so good. But <laughs> yes, it's my fifth, unfortunately. Yeah, it just you know, I think I and I've been had this conversation with a lot of people since since the Lion King. I think the problem right now with Disney remakes is they're remaking the safe ones that are going to make a bunch of money, and they made a bunch of money. Like they made the most money of any movie uh, since Endgame. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Right. Yep. And um, but I think the movies that they could really excel on in terms of like making movies better are movies like Atlantis, Treasure Planet. You know, maybe ones that are not quite um, the classics, but you yeah. can take a really good action-packed movie and um, make it better, you know, with a remake, I think, but they're never going to do that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just saw a graphic recently that had the supposedly, it was on like one of the uh, the uh, Disney blog websites that follows news and stuff, and they were showing like a graphic with all the remakes that were supposedly in the works from within Disney, you know, and there was all the normal ones. And this was an old graphic that had mm-hmm. nailed most ones that have been announced. And it had Atlantis, Treasure Planet, Tarzan, Peter Pan on it. Um, and I was like, I don't know. But when I saw it, I almost sent it to you because I was like, hey, there's a land <laughs> Tarzan or, and uh, Treasure Planet. I would be shocked because I feel like they are so unknown yeah. compared to all the rest of them. But maybe they just, you well, know, because I'm not- as well is coming out, I think, yeah, at some point. Awesome. Yeah. But they have, they're doing all the good ones, so they're going to have like these insane years, and then they're going to have these years where they don't have those. Uh, I, if I were them, I would have spaced out the major ones like every three or four years and done the smaller ones in between, so I didn't have such a heavy-loaded, awesome ones at the beginning. 
but maybe people will just go see them anyways. But I just feel like they're going to have some not as big hits, you know, because they're just not as famous. So they'll still be probably successful, but not nearly the same level. That's my my guess, though. But I don't know. Sure. So. Yeah. All right. Moving on to number four. Um, this one was so hard for me. <laughs> I mean, they're all the, all the rest of them are really yeah. good. Um, do you want to go first? I will. This one, I, honestly, okay. So my ranking is purely on how much I think of the movie after it. So is mine, honestly. <laughs> okay, because like not which movie I actually think is better because I don't think this movie is actually the wor- this fourth one. I think it's better than most of these. But I actually have Toy Story four as my fourth, which is kills me but i just i don't think about it as much like walking out of the theater i wasn't just like oh my word and thinking about it non-stop like it was so powerful but maybe that'll change on a second viewing but mm. yeah it's fourth unfortunately which is weird but again these are like some of the best movies in a year ever so yeah, yeah. Two, two three and four were all neck and neck and i'm pretty sure i switched yeah. them around a bunch of times i had spider-man far from home as my fourth yeah. and I think, yeah, like you said, like, this is just based on looking back at it, like, how fondly do I think of it, um, and I think just my kind of, the the emotions that stay with me on Far From Home is how much I want to see Spider-Man back in New York City, you know, swinging from yeah. the skyscrapers, our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and the international thing, it was great, good movie, but I just didn't, it wasn't one of my favorite Spider-Mans of all time, I'd say, I think I put it slightly below the original um, I'll have to double check, but at the moment I'm feeling that way. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have it fourth. Um, but yeah, just because was, I want I want to get back to New York. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And so you probably like that final scene, but I did uh, the fourth and the third one. Yeah, like were interchangeable because my third one was Spider Man as, as well, and I probably could have swapped that. I almost did right before we got to the fourth <laughs> one. <laughs> I don't know, like, but. I don't know the action and just like I've thought about parts of it quite a bit and I want to watch it mm-hmm. I don't know I think I'd watch it first if I could get of the two again because I've only seen both these ones I'd probably choose Spider-Man first so that was why I went three on Spider-Man um, I like Tom Holland a lot I'm just interested to see what they'll do because I don't think it's a guarantee that the third one will be there I think it is basically a guarantee but I don't think it's contractually I don't think they had to unless I heard something about if it hit a billion dollars, then they would do a third one and like Disney would allow them. They'd get to do produce a third movie. And obviously it did. So I would expect there to be a third one. I expect that that's already kind of in the works. And um, my my third, um, I still I honestly want to just switch it right now a little bit, but I'm going to stick with it. Um, Toy Story 4, I I guess it's just because I was thinking about the ending and I'm. And the emotional, you know, attachment to it. I, I'm. I was even debating moving it up, but uh, I'm gonna stick with where I have it, which is third. And uh, yeah, just that ending, man. I just them separating yeah. to infinity and beyond. Yeah, that that still that gets me feels right now as I am talking into the microphone. <laughs> it is so good. I mean, Tom Hanks. Like, if there is a movie he hasn't nailed, like I don't know what it is. You know, he is so good i think he'll probably be the greatest of our you know like recent generation mm-hmm. uh and just like the fred rogers you know is uh walt disney i mean there's just so many movies recently i've seen him in like that he just nails you know so um but anyways uh my second one then just keep it moving since i know we've gone a long yeah, time yeah, sure thing uh was aladdin i was blown away i would never have thought this was on my second movie so far this year and but i loved aladdin i thought it was just so good for the reasons we said earlier so my number two 
I agree. I have Aladdin number two, and for the same reason, it just blew my expectations out of the water. I'm surprised to see it getting 50% or whatever it is on critic rating Rotten Tomatoes. Kind of surprising yeah. to me, but I think maybe just the style that um, Guy Ritchie has. Critics never have really given any of his movies a great rating, it seems like. but uh, And honestly, critics, <laughs> I don't know. I don't always, you know go with because they're sometimes way off I feel like on the big blockbuster type movies but uh, and honestly like one of the last times that I was like that surprised was Greatest Showman in theaters I went in not expecting really much and the first scene I was like whoa this is going to be good and that was the same thing for Aladdin I was like not expecting much that first opening music scene I'm like okay this is going to be awesome yep. so yeah uh, Will Smith killed that. it it was hilarious great action scenes Jafar was not good but you know he was over you can you can look over sure. that compared to some of the other performances. I thought the new songs were really good, too. But. Yeah. Uh, is it Speechless that is Jasmine's yeah. new song? That's real catchy. Definitely yep. have it on sure. some of my playlists. Um, so that means we both have Endgame number one. Obviously. Obviously, right? <laughs> that was... One and five were the, the no-brainers here a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that was... Uh, honestly, like, I don't know. Other than the Star Wars movies and Force Awakens... I don't know if there's any going to be a vent that's as big as Endgame for a long, long time. You know, like it was just such hitting a billion dollars the first weekend. Like that's unbelievable. You know, and then finally becoming the biggest movie of all time. Uh, I was, I mean, it just felt like an event. And then the movie lived up to it, I think. Uh, and, you know, you think, how are they going to cap this off? But I think they did a great job overall. Yeah, it was, it was great. Um, I, I personally have Infinity War um, yep. one spot above Endgame on my like all-time Marvel list, Three. but Endgame still the best movie that's come out this so far this year. Um, speaking of other movies maybe that have come out so far this year, it, is there anything maybe that, that you are looking forward to or you've already seen that, that, all, that should be talked about real briefly before we leave? Uh, I couldn't think of anything this year that came out because I think those were, other than obviously older, we had Captain Marvel, and then you mentioned How to Train Your Dragon 3, which I didn't get to see in theaters, but I did just watch it on video or, you know, streaming recently, um, which I thought was good. I liked the second, first one more, but um, obviously coming up, I really am looking forward to Star Wars. That's the next thing coming out this year, other than uh, the uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, what's it called? I think that's uh, right, isn't it? Yeah, so I think that might be it. That one I'm really looking forward to. And then obviously Frozen 2. Um, those are like the three big ones that I'm looking forward to for later this year. I also want to watch Tolkien, um, mm. but I didn't get to see that yet. I would like to see that. Um, but I know it's not really as the same. You know, it's a smaller movie, but not Disney or anything. But sure. uh, So those are kind of the few that I'm looking forward to. But what about you? I know you mentioned at least the one. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to... Um, to Star Wars like you are, um, I, unlike a lot of people, did like The Last Jedi, um, so I'm super excited for the last one. Some people are more nervous than excited, I'd say, but um, but yeah, like, also, um, I did want to give a shout out to How to Train Your Dragon 3, because uh, that's a series that, probably the, the, the non-Disney-owned yes. series that I have followed and been attached to. Because a lot of them are good to start, and then they just kind of get weak. You know, like like Kung Fu Panda, I thought is amazing the first one, but I felt like it went down each one after that. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, I think How to Train Your Dragon stayed a high quality the yeah, whole time. Absolutely, I agree that it, the third one definitely 
was probably similar to Toy Story 4, a weaker plot, much weaker. It kind of, the pacing fell off to me. It went really fast through some major yep. plot points. But that ending was one of the most satisfying endings for me to a franchise, I would say. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I just, I don't know, I didn't get as bought into some of the characters. Like, for me, it was really Hiccup, uh, Ast- is it Astrid? Astrid. Yeah, Astrid, his dad, and the, uh, oh, what's the peg leg guy? Oh, what is like, his name? Kind of my favorite, like, ones. And then once, you know, Stoic... Uh, kind of did you know left obviously I wasn't as into his mom and, and some of the other characters so it kind of just like I wasn't as bought into all like rough nut and whatever their tough nut or whatever their names are mm-hmm. as much as the other ones and I mean uh, hiccups obviously still awesome but so I kind of missed that a little bit um, and the I mean second one's like Lord of the Rings level almost I mean it's yeah. amazing um, but as a Star Wars I, I I'm not yet hyped as much as I was for like in game just because you know once all the trailers keep going and we get closer I'll get up there again because i always flip-flop you know like before a big marvel movie i'm nuts about Nar- marvel before a star wars movie all i can think about is star wars um and i actually liked Soul more than i liked last jedi but uh, i didn't mind last jedi and this they've got a lot to wrap up in this movie so it should be crazy um and i'm excited about that so it's gonna be a good year i mean i can't believe how much money disney's done this year <laughs> it's just every one of them has just been almost over a billion other than uh other than Dumbo, right? I think. Yeah, I think did Aladdin barely pass it? I think Toy Story Four. Yeah. I don't know if they did. They might be really close. And all the other ones are. I think Toy Story Four passed Toy Story Three worldwide. Um, I think because I think it's the number one now. So they're all over a billion, slightly, but close. Yeah. You know, but pretty crazy are, big year. I know it's their record year. All like by like the end of July, they had it already. So they still have two of the biggest movies this year coming out. Yeah, so pretty insane. Uh, crazy. Well, Good thanks, for, thanks for coming on, Ben. Yeah, it was a blast. Thanks for having me. I hope uh, hope to join again someday. Yeah, I'm sure I will see you next week. you got a, some kind of big event going on, right? Yeah, one of my brothers is getting married, and so it should be a fun. All the family's coming down for it and up, so it should be a blast. So All we're right. excited. We'll have you on another time and talk about some more Disney movies or maybe even uh, some Disney World. Um, I'm always down to talk about that. Sounds great. Thanks. All right, we're going to bring Wes back in now. I'm back in now. Just missed. It's like you never left almost, to be honest with you. But, I'm, I'm uh, always by your side, Penny. <laughs> well, we're going to move on to uh, to some fantasy sleepers and busts. Mm-hmm. Um, fantasy season's uh, right around the corner. We got literally our first draft of the year. At least my first is tomorrow night. Um, I mean, we're, we're recording this on um, Saturday. Um but yeah, so tomorrow night would be what the 18th, 17th, yeah. something like that. Doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, so we got to get ready. You know, we got to yeah. start thinking about yeah. fantasy season. I know. Have you been prepping? Oh, I'm always prepping, Perry. Always you, prepping. You gonna take down the championship this year? Probably not because we're in a keeper league. Uh, <laughs> yes. But I am gonna be in a new league with one of my cousins, and I don't know anyone else that's in there, and they're going down. All right, I'm going down hard. That's what I want. That's what I want to hear. That, yeah. that aggressiveness, that tenacity that usually comes out when you talk it's, about it's called Tony heart. Stewart or something. It's called heart. Like yeah, yeah, Tony Stewart, my man. <laughs> that's a segment for a different day. <laughs> Maybe not. He might end up hurting me if we do that. <laughs> um, all right. So let's start out some sleepers. Um, Wes, you want to start? Or you want me to? Uh, you start. You start. All right, I'll start. So we have over the last couple of days um, done some research into these the fantasy like players the the projections the the rankings for the upcoming fantasy season 
and picked out two sleepers out of each um, skill position, mm-hmm. quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, and one bust. That And these are just predictions. We, and um, So I'm going to get started. My first sleeper at the quarterback position is Jared Goff. Okay. A and sleeper. This is a sleeper because, and now we're, we're looking at the, the draft board right now, um, Jared Goff is, let's see where I can find him down here. He's down here at QB number 14, 118th on the big board. Um, and this is just some guy on ESPN's ranking, but um, for non-PPR, it doesn't matter when you're talking quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, so Goff threw for, I believe, uh, the fourth most yards mm-hmm. last year. Um, had a good year. Had a good year. Todd Gurley is struggling in the in the last few weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Health was a problem. Health was a problem. So so he had to throw a little more, but but he was just tenth in attempts. Wow. I think that can go up. Like I think he'll throw more this year with Gurley. We don't know how healthy he's going to be. Uh, reportedly, he's healthy in the in the preseason here. So uh, we'll see. But also, he was only twentieth in the league in completion percentage. Hmm. So I think there's a lot of room for Goff to keep improving. This is what his fourth year in the league, I think, and. We all know, well, just you and me know, they don't know, but you had a big thing about Goff being a bust when he was yeah, drafted. I was not a fan. And not I, a fan. I thought, you know, give him a chance, and it turns out he's been a pretty you good You know, pick. I was wrong on that one, and I told Perry, I do like that pick for one reason, one reason only, and his name is Cooper Cup. Ah. Who's, who went down last season, yes. and that is Jared Goff's favorite favorite guy to throw to. Yes, hopefully Cooper Cup comes back and is healthy. Um, that's almost a, that's a pretty good sleeper pick. Hopefully neither of us picked that one for wide receiver, but... Um, I did not. <laughs> he reminds me a little bit of Austin Colley back in the Ah, so, good old days. The good old days. He was good, but they both have head injury prone. Uh, I, they're both prone to concussions. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, West, let's talk about your first sleeper at quarterback. All right, my first sleeper at quarterback. I don't know if I can even call it a sleeper sometimes because at the ranking that I was looking at, he was the fourth ranked QB, uh-huh. uh, and that is my man Baker Mayfield, which Perry Perry knows how much I love Baker. Uh, but here's why I'm saying he's a sleeper. He threw 27 touchdowns as a rookie. Mm. Good number. That's, that's not bad. With the Browns team... Playing what? How many games? Oh, 12 God. games, maybe? At least. Like I want to say almost 14. Did he play that many? All right. Maybe he did play that many. Um, with a Browns team, that was average. The best Browns sure. team we've seen in a while. Sure, sure. Um, average is saying positive things for Browns, yeah. usually. But Baker Mayfield is throwing to, this year, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, and David Njoku. Mm-hmm. Which is a solid, mm. a solid two receivers and a, a good tight end. David Njoku is sure. a great tight end. Um, also coming out of the backfield, he's going to be able to throw to Nick Chubb. And when he comes back, Kareem Hunt. And another thing I like about Baker Perry, Baker Mayfield is a winner. Okay? There's not a lot of quarterbacks out there that are winners. There's a lot of them that are great. Mm. For example, Jared Goff. I was wrong. He's not a bust. Surprise. <laughs> but what I saw in the Super Bowl was not a winner. But I did see a quarterback in the Super Bowl that was a winner, that Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a winner. Tom Brady's the GOAT. Baker Mayfield I hate Tom Brady. is going to <laughs> I think he's gonna have a great year. I think people are sleeping on the Browns a little bit. Um I see an offense that can put up big numbers. I see that. And too. in fantasy that's what matters. This is true. Yeah. As as much as I really want to come at you and be like, that's awful because I don't like Baker Mayfield. Um, I think he's Johnny Manziel in terms of he's got the same kind of personality. 
He's a little more tame. He maybe a little. Uh, he's not a complete and total idiot. Maybe, um, <laughs> but I I have to say Baker is in a great situation for this year. Mm-hmm. He's yes. got a great team around him, a respectable offensive line, great weapons that you know he can throw to three or four different guys, and 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 his running game can take the pressure off him absolutely every week. So. Um, Respectable pick. Uh, I don't know Thank if it's you. really a sleeper. I think a lot of yeah, people it's, are high it's, on him. It's a it's a like I said, it's rough for a sleeper, but we've only seen him seen him in one season. Sure, so that's how I'm calling. And, and I think um, if I wouldn't have let you use that as, as a sleeper, you probably would have strangled me. That's because probably right. Baker I, I, is your favorite this, this player. This podcast right now. would not exist. Is that accurate? Baker, your favorite player? Right oh now? yeah, for sure. Even over any of your Falcons boys. Yeah, he's my favorite player. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on. My second. Um, my second quarterback sleeper. This is a big sleeper, honestly, because he was, last I saw, like 25th um, rated quarterback in the preseason rankings. Um, it is Matthew Stafford. Oh, wow. Yeah, Matthew Stafford, um, he's had a rough couple of years. Yeah. Injuries, not getting a lot of help. His wide receivers, you know, getting hurt or whatever. Golden Tate, who knows what he's up to these days. Well... Nobody does because he's sitting on his couch because he's suspended. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Matthew Stafford can still fling the ball across the field with mm-hmm. the best of them. He's got a yep. great arm. He, he threw for 5,000 yards a few years back. I don't know when that was. Um, but I would not be surprised to see him have a little better year if Carrion Johnson stays healthy. Mm-hmm. He's got Kenny Galladay. He's finally coming to his own. Um, and he's got Marvin Jones back. Don't don't underestimate Marvin Jones. He's, he's on my fantasy team. Is he okay? Yep. I mean, he could, he could have a breakout year. He he had he was like top five in touchdowns a few years back. And last year is on a good pace till he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Marvin Jones Jr. underrated quarterback or underrated wide receiver. Matthew Stafford. Don't sleep on him. Might be a good quarterback to stash away as a backup in, yep. your, in your league. Mm-hmm. For sure. I agree. I agree. All right. Sleeper number two for your boy Wes. Jimmy Garoppolo. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, I love Kyle Shanahan. Okay. And Kyle Shanahan is a high-octane kind of guy. And I want to see Jimmy G throw. And I think that he will throw. You've got George Kittle, who is... I, whenever I saw George Kittle last year, I was like, this, like, what? where'd this guy come from? Yeah. And now he's... Top two tight end in the league, I would yeah. say. Uh, I think Jimmy G has a great opportunity in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. The rest of the offense is going to have to step up for him to get the numbers he needs. Mm. Um, but I think they can. I think Jimmy G's a good athlete. I think he's ready for his opportunity to shine. Um, also, the NFC West. I don't see a defense that looks super threatening except for the Rams, mm. which I think gives him a good opportunity to put up more numbers. Yeah. I like it. I got no arguments for Jimmy G. Honestly, I cool. think that's that's. Uh, I had that on my my bottom or my. Uh, I had a, I had a big list of sleepers that mm-hmm. that included Tom Brady um, as quarterback. I just want to say Tom Brady is definitely getting slept on, but at the same time, how can you really sleep on him when your team is projected to like win the Super Bowl every year? Yeah. Um, but fantasy wise, he's definitely getting slept on. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jimmy G, great pick. I think we have yet to see his best mm-hmm. football. So let's move on to some. Should we do wide receivers or running backs? What are you thinking? Mm. Let's do wide receivers. Wide receivers. All right. Um, so I've got a, I've got a duo of wide receivers, both that are getting slept on for a different reason, maybe because they're not really big name guys. Mm-hmm. First, I'm going to go with Sterling Shepard. Oh, okay. Sterling Shepard, New York Giants. His biggest issue this year is who's throwing the football. Yeah. Who's throwing the football? <laughs> Who is throwing the football? 
I don't know, but someone <laughs> is gonna throw it. Like, yeah, the ball will be thrown in New York in MetLife Stadium. Um, it is MetLife Stadium, right? I'm pretty sure. Doesn't matter. Yeah, well, we can figure that out. Um, anyway, the ball will be thrown. The ball will be put in the air, mainly because they're gonna be down a lot. <laughs> they're gonna be losing. Yeah. And, Someone's and, and, Sa- and Saquon guys. can't run the entire time. Right, right. So I think Sterling Shepard, he's their number one guy this year. Mm-hmm. Um, coming back from an injury, but he's talented, very talented. He'll probably get six to seven targets on average per game. At least. At least. Maybe more. And so he's bound to catch some of those, yeah. bound to turn some of those into touchdowns. I think guaranteed almost. Uh, I can guarantee. You heard it here first, folks. He's going to have at least 1,000 yards this year. That's that's prediction right there. I like that. I like that. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going back to the Browns once again. With, my, with this first okay. sleeper. wow. Mr. Jarvis Landry. Are you even a Falcons fan? I am. I've got a Falcon on this list somewhere. Okay, okay, okay. Just, just uh, Browns groupie for now. Jarvis uh, Landry. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, he's been tossed around a little bit. We saw him at Miami. Mm-hmm. He was good at Miami. Uh, been to the, went to the Browns last year. A little iffy. Uh, once again, though, Browns not super consistent. Mm. Um, and if you look at who he's got joining him now, his best friend, Odell. Mm. They were a stellar duo at LSU. And... There's something different about playing a game with your best friend. Jarvis is going to be super motivated this year. Mm-hmm. He's going to be catching from a quarterback who has a year under his belt now, who's got a cannon. He, he does have a cannon. We've talked about that guy's name, Baker Midfield. Baker already. Midfield. And with Odell on the offense with him, sure. Odell's going to be drawing defenders away. Jarvis is going to have more opportunities, I believe, to catch the ball. Um, and I see that as a wide receiver duo that could be... Very, 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 very potent. Um, I like Jarvis a lot. I think this is going to be the two best hands on a team we see all year. Um, and Jarvis is going to have an opportunity to catch some touchdowns. Okay. All right. Well, I do have an argument for this one. So my argument, Jarvis Landry, phenomenal talent. Mm-hmm. I remember watching, I think it was like a skills competition five or six years ago. I, I remember watching that Jarvis too. Landry versus OBJ for like one-handed catches competition or whatever, and Jarvis Landry took him down. It was the only one even close. Um... Landry had kind of a tough year last year. He did. Um, he was on my fantasy team. It was surprising. I had him in one of my leagues as well. Didn't get over. Didn't get over a thousand yards. Only got four touchdowns, which was really surprising. Um, and here's the problem that I see with Jarvis Landry this year. Mm-hmm. If he did that that poorly last year, with Baker Mayfield. At the helm all year this year. I mean, he's sure he's got more chemistry. Sure, maybe OBJ takes some takes some of the defenders off him. But Baker Mayfield is a deep ball thrower. He mm-hmm. likes to throw the ball down the field. Yeah. OBJ, David Njoku, they both run vertical. Like mm-hmm. they're they're kind of they're down the field receivers more. I, I don't see. I see Jarvis catching five balls a game on average, mm-hmm. but I feel like a lot of them are going to be for be short ones, short passes. Okay. You know, he might average fifty yards. 60 yards a game. I can like see that. that. I can see that. I will say another thing with last year with Jarvis, his first year at the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, the Browns are super inconsistent with who's even leading them True. on the field or off. Mm. Um, and Jarvis had to kind of step into a leading role last year as a wide receiver. He was the best one they had, and I don't think he was ready for that either. Okay. And I think being a number two behind Odell is going to be a great fit. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We're putting these out here now so that uh, we'll see what happens when the season's over, mm-hmm. and uh, one of us will get bragging rights over who's is better. Yeah, we will. So, 
my second wide receiver, I'm hoping you've heard this name. Okay. So tell me, um, tell me if you know the name DJ Moore. I know the name. You know what team he's on? <laughs> Panthers. Good. All right. Cool. Cool. Um, more educated about football than he lets on by his uh, <laughs> by his Baker Mayfield and enthusiasm. Cleveland Browns enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. DJ Moore is a name that I think will become a household name in fantasy football this year. Definitely getting slept on. Let's see if I can find him on the uh, the fantasy board. He's down here at 50 overall, 24th wide receiver. Not terribly low. I mean, he's one spot below Cooper Cup on this, this draft board we're looking at. But I think people aren't giving him enough credit this year or enough like he's he had a really productive year last year as I believe a rookie if I'm not mistaken last year he caught 55 balls for 788 yards and most of this was kind of towards the end of the season more I think he had a few big games towards the end of the year mm-hmm. this year he'll be the number one option at uh, in Carolina now that Devin Funchess is off the board they do have um, oh someone's gonna have to Someone's going to have to comment this other guy's name later, but they do have another receiver who's, uh, whose name escapes me right now who's going to be you know up-and-coming solid player. But uh, he's, I think DJ Moore's going to have a good year. I think he's going to catch probably 80 balls, mm-hmm. maybe, something like that. And, and he's going to get a good amount of red zone looks from Cam Newton. As long as Cam Newton stays healthy, I, I feel like there's almost no way that DJ Moore uh, doesn't exceed his expectations this year. Yeah. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot because... I think this is going to be one of the instances where we see good fantasy numbers, team doesn't produce. Yeah. I don't think the Panthers are going to be very good. Could but, be a tough year. But it doesn't matter because we're not worried about the Panthers. Yeah. We're worried about DJ Moore. Right, right. And, and Cam Newton, he'll, even if even if he has a bad year, as long as if he plays every game or, you know, 15, 14 games, he's going to throw for 3,500 yards on a bad year mm-hmm. and he's going to throw for 20, 25 touchdowns. If he's the number one receiver on that team, that's going to be a productive fantasy yep. year. So uh, that's who I got as my other wide receiver sleeper. Who you got, Wes? Right. Well, you actually just mentioned my number two, Devin, Fu- Devin Funches. Devin Funches, okay. I think us Indiana boys uh-huh. have been waiting for a solid number two to go with T.Y. Hilton. We're hoping. For several years now. And we've seen Devin Funches perform well. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, probably the number one option last year at, at Carolina. Yep. And... I know I'm only, I'm not a wide receiver, but if I was, I would rather be catching passes from Andrew Luck than from Cam Newton. I would also rather be catching <laughs> passes from Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck's healthy. Andrew Luck. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> Calling it, Andrew Luck will be healthy. It's okay. going to be a good year. Um, I think Devin Funches is going to be a great number two. Um, it's going to, first off, it's going to alleviate a little bit of pressure off T.Y. Hilton. Mm. Where I think T.Y. Hilton will not have as good of a year mm. on fantasy. Interesting. Because Devin Funches okay. is there. I see Devin Funches catching five, six balls a game, and Andrew Luck is a guy that could throw forty touchdowns plus. Yes, and absolutely with receivers like thirty nine last year. Yeah, first year off of a injury. yeah, and the Colts weren't quote unquote great last year. No, we had a nice stretch towards the end, and yeah. But. So I think Devin Funches is going to be a guy. He might have off weeks. Yeah, but I think he's going to be a solid producer, and I would I would want him. I really yeah. would. Yeah, I I definitely like that pick. Um, 
We just got to see a little consistency out of Devin Funches. Yep. Um, it's nice to have that 6'4 kind of yep. body. Big guy. Big receiver in Indianapolis. We haven't had one of those since. Well, I guess we have had Eric Ebron at tight end. Um, but splitting out a wide receiver wide, that's 6'5, put him in the red zone. Now we have two big targets mm-hmm. in, in the red zone. I um, I think Eric Ebron will probably see a step down more, more so than T.Y. Hilton mm-hmm. this year. Um, not just because. Not just because we have. Funches, but but also because we have the rise of um, a couple other tight ends on our roster that we'll talk about in a little bit. But yeah, I think I think it's a good pick, and I expect he'll 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 uh, rival Ty and Ebron for the most touchdowns on the team. Receiver I, I like that. I, I so, think it's a good. Yeah. So he may not get a thousand yards, but I think he'll get a decent amount of touchdowns this year. We'll see. Good pick. Um. All right, running backs. Let's running do backs. It. Running backs. All right. If anybody's talked to me about fantasy football in the last few days. You probably expect this pick. <laughs> Chris Carson ah. is being slept on like crazy. He is. I, I done a, did a couple mock drafts. Did, been looking through draft boards. He's down in like running back twenty range in a lot of mock drafts. At this on this draft board, we're looking at him at eighteenth running back, thirty third overall, and, and I just don't see why he ran for twelve hundred yards last year, and. He uh, he aver- he had a higher yards per carry than um, than like half the league and, and like and he was hurt for a few games, so I just feel like so what, it was two hundred forty seven attempts for eleven hundred fifty yards. So he had a, a, a solid year and he wasn't near the top of rushing um, attempts of by any means. I think he is as long as he's healthy. He's got just. Over the last he, games, I should stop. Last three games. As long as Chris Carson's healthy, I think that he's just gonna have a have a better year than last year. He's gonna he's gonna score more touchdowns. He's the best running back on one of the most prolific running teams. Yep. I was about to say any running back from Seattle yeah. is one they want to look so, at. So and there's no Mike Davis. I heard last year when I picked Chris Carson, I heard everybody saying, "Oh, Rashad Penny! Oh, Rashad Penny goes draft and he's gonna be the best running back." He was Rashad Penny was projected higher, I think, in last year's draft. I picked Chris Carson over him, thinking. Why does everybody expect Rashad mm-hmm. Penny is gonna have a better year? Like he's third on the depth chart. He's a rookie. I and Chris Carson turned out to be the the pr- producer for the Seahawks. I think he's gonna just exceed that again this mm-hmm. year and prove everybody wrong. He's Leonard Fournette's above him. Like who thinks Leonard Fournette's gonna have a like a sixteen game season? Like he might play eight games again. Yeah, yeah. He'd played a great eight games. <laughs> he might play a good eight games. Yeah, but yeah, I like that pick. Also, I know you love Chris Carson, so just just because I think he, I don't, I hate the Seahawks to be honest with you, but I I feel like Chris Carson just continuously gets slept on, and I feel like I am his, I don't know, annunciator about it. I, yeah. t- I have to tell the world this is my duty as a human. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> All right, Perry, first running back sleeper for me. Guess what team they're coming from. Please don't tell me it's the uh, the Atlanta or the it's the Browns the Browns again. <laughs> oh no! Listen, the Browns offense is slept on already. Sure, but now we got three Browns, Wes. Come on, we got three Browns. <laughs> Kareem Hunt. Okay, all right, good. Yeah. I was about to say Nick Chubb's um, not asleep. No, Nick Chubb is not. Asleep. <laughs> He's gonna have a big year. Uh, I I don't love watching a lot of players. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do love watching Kareem Hunt. Mm. Um, I remember. 
His first play where he fumbled the ball. <laughs> and then after that, I don't know if he's done it since. Yeah. Um, still young. Still young. Though he feels old. Feels old. Stellar athlete. Yeah. Um, and I think whenever he comes back from suspension, <laughs> that he will... I think he'll push Nick Chubb out mm. of that first spot. Really? I really do. Interesting. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of carries. And dude's a tank. And he can catch the ball. So, so you think maybe Nick Chubb... I don't know if this is... I don't want to spoil your... Your busts list. He's but, not. He's not my bust. Okay, but but Nick Chubb could be a bust this year for some for some guys picking him as high as you know top five overall. I would. Yeah. No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. That, <laughs> Especially wow. When you have Cream Hunt coming in, Cream Hunt's proven. Um, he had over a thousand yards as a rookie. I'm pretty sure, and I don't even know where he's at on this draft board. Yeah. But he's nowhere for me to be seen. Sure. So, Cream Hunt all the way. Yep. All right. Um. That's that's. I like it. That's a stretch. Uh, maybe just a little. Yeah, a little bit. I'd say just for the sake for the for the sake of the fact that Cream has Cream Hunt hasn't played football in a long time. Yeah, we don't know what shape he's in. We don't know how well he fits into the system. Nick Chubb has been balling. Yeah. Like, all right. But I like I like the pick. I respect mm-hmm. it. Thank you. Thank you. I just I gotta I gotta stop talking about the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> that was my last Browns player all right, all right, all right. in this entire list. So uh, anyway, we're gonna move on um, to our second running back pick. You may have not heard this name in a hot minute if you have been if you're just a fantasy follower or just a um, or you don't play as much fantasy watch watch games on TV. You probably haven't heard this name, Darius Geis. Oh. 2K would always call him Juice. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so Darius Geis, Washington Redskins. Um, he was drafted. I can't remember what position he was drafted in last year, but he was drafted first few rounds of the draft. Um, one of the first few running backs picked uh, by the Redskins. He was supposed to have a huge year. I know a lot of people were, were going to draft him high. Some of the earlier drafts that happened before his injury drafted him yeah. relatively high. Um you know, I I think uh, as we were saying, two K, uh, our friend two K, Scott Harrod will probably have him on at some point. Oh yes, he, we will. He picked him up. He wanted him bad. He wanted him bad. He picked him up and he stashed him away in our keeper league for the whole year. So, I think Geis will come back and he'll get more carries than Peterson. Mm-hmm. Peterson, <laughs> he's getting up there. He's he's a he's a monster. I but he's old. You yeah, know, yeah. he he can't ha- handle the the workload like, yeah. from last year. It was I don't know how he he had twenty some thirty. Yeah. Almost 30 carries a couple times, I think. But, um, yeah, you just can't handle that. They're going to give Geis at least 15 carries a game yeah. and and maybe Peterson more like 10 to 12. Yeah, yeah, I like that too because I like that a lot because I don't trust the quarterback situation in Washington at all either. What is the quarterback situation? Well, they have Alex Smith, who is basically dead. Yes. Um, they have Case Keenum. They have Case Keenum, who's either going either gonna to throw you four touchdowns, four picks, or both. They have Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, who, <laughs> prolific backup. I love my oh, prolific backups. Hey, he's and had the, a great career as a backup. And then Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> and Dwayne Haskins. Who has yet to be seen what he's so going to do in So let's just chalk that one down as a giant question mark. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I like that. Um, all right, Perry. Running back number two, I'm finally touching the Atlanta Falcons. Ito Smith. All right. Um, I'll tell you why. I love the two the two back program sure. that they run there. I was not a Tevin Coleman fan. Mm. Um, IU. IU. Yeah, we don't we don't we don't do that here. <laughs> we, don't, we don't do that. Uh, but Tevin Coleman, Tevin Coleman, good player, very explosive, very fast. Not what I always want to see in a running back. I want to see a guy that's gonna. Be patient. Sure. And Tevin Coleman was just kind of a run and gun. Mm. Um, I he think had some power, though. He did have some He's power. A good power back. I think with Devontae Freeman back, who's going to carry, carry most of the load, mm. um, 
but I see Ido Smith being a great second option. I have been very frustrated as a Falcons fan watching mm. Julio Jones catch like six touchdowns in two years. He had a decent second half of the year last yeah. year. Once he finally got his first one. Yeah, but uh, if you look at the... I think the Falcons have a really good year on the offense. Um, and Matt Ryan is not going to shy away from throwing the ball to anyone in the mm. red zone. So I think Edo Smith can very well catch some, pass, catch some touchdowns out of the backfield. Um, Devontae Freeman's going to do most of that. Mm. But... Ido Smith is not someone that I would not want on my bench to pull up just in case. Yeah. I think he's a good... He's a big guy. Yeah. And he <laughs> he, he he did well last year in the absence of Devontae Freeman when he had, did come in as the number two behind Tevin Coleman. Yeah, I agree. So I think, yeah, I like him a lot. I'm very excited that Track we Track record him. shows Devontae Freeman won't carry the ball an average of 20 times for 16 games. Yeah. So I'd say that, that's, a, that's a good confident pick as him as thank a... You, thank you. As him as a Performing backup this year. Um, all right, so we've done now quarterbacks. Let's uh, just a refresher. I've I've per- picked Matt Stafford, Jared Goff as my sleeper quarterbacks, Chris Carson, Darius Geis as my sleeper running backs, DJ Moore and Sterling Shepard as my sleeper wide receivers. Wes, you want to rehash yours? Yeah, so far my sleepers at QB, Mr. Baker Mayfield and Jimmy G. Running backs are Edo Smith and Kareem Hunt, and my receivers are Jarvis Landry and Devin Funches. Mm, okay, yeah. So now, final tight ends. My favorite position. Every, in football. Everyone loves tight ends, right? They're just natural sleepers, aren't they? Just yeah, the position. They're so fun to watch. <laughs> Do you not just love watching a huge dude just take someone down in the end zone? Mm, my first ever Purdue football game I ever went to. I'm pretty sure. Dustin Keller went up for a big time uh, touchdown catch uh, in the end zone, and and I was just like, man, tight ends are awesome. They're they're big. You know how much we love Jack Doyle the last few years. Oh, Jack Doyle! <laughs> wow. All right, let's with that. We'll move on to my first uh, sleeper tight end, which uh, was Jack Doyle. Is it really? <laughs> we love that. Um, and the reason being, Jack Doyle, he's just the safety blanket for yeah. for Andrew Luck and. He doesn't really get hurt. Like he was hurt last year, most of the year, but he had he was the Iron Man until that mm-hmm. point. So I'm willing to say that you know there's a good shot he plays all all 16 games this year, and there's a good shot he catches you know 20 more balls than Eric Ebron did yeah. or does this year. Yeah. And he may not have the touchdown uh, haul, but I think this is a good reason why Ebron may go down a little bit. Um, but there's no reason why they can't coexist, and I think Jack Doyle will have a have a sleeper year, maybe a. a, a I wouldn't call him a top tier tight end, but like he's the tight end you you want to stash away and mm-hmm. play him matchups. If you don't have one of those top few, he's yeah. a he's a decent option. Yeah. All right. My first sleeper tight end, Jason Witten. Jason he's, Witten. He's back. He's Not back. better than ever, but How he's back. How old is Jason Witten? Oh, he's at least thirty five or thirty six, uh, right? Yeah. Let's look it up. Let's, Let's look, look it up. up. We're gonna check. We're gonna fact check. We've probably already. Uh, messed up so many facts on this but, show, but that's okay. First pod, yeah, but there, is there, it's right pod. there. Age uh, is 37. thirty-seven. All right, thirty-seven. Uh, but hey, he looks great. He looks and great. And he's never really needed to play like an athletic man's game. No, no. And Jason Witten has produced every single year he's been in the league. Yeah, um, I agree. And I like it because the NFC East, I think, is pretty dang rough. Mm. Um, even with. I don't think, like, hot take. I don't think the Eagles are going to do much of anything this year. And I think... Watch out for Jordan Howard. I think it's... I think it is the uh, Cowboys... 
um, division to lose. Okay. And Dak did not have a stellar year last year. No, he didn't. It was also his first year without Jason Witten. That is that is true. Yeah, uh, and I don't know. I just like the guy. I think he's going to come in. How he's... many years did he have with Jason Witten? Two. Yeah, I think so. So, small sample size. Small sample size. <laughs> but we're going to go with it anyway. Um, but I think Jason Witten's going to do typical Jason Witten things. He's going to catch a couple balls a game. He'll be in there for touchdowns. He'll get you yards. Tight ends don't always score you a ton of points anyway. Mm-hmm. And Jason Witten... Sleeper, but serviceable. Sure. I, I'd expect, you know, an average of 50 yards a game from yeah. Witten, which, not great when you have tight ends like George Kittle on the board. Um, but there's no saying you're going to get him either. But, yeah, only one guy. Only, you know, three to maybe four guys are going to leave the draft feeling really confident about their tight ends. Yeah. And, you know, not everyone gets Travis Kelsey, so. Yep. Um, is it's not a bad. It's not a bad option if you're drafting, yep. if you're the last guy to pick up a tight end in your yep. league, so. Um, all right. This one I'm really confident about, actually. Okay. I'm That's actually really confident about this one. Um, Antonio Gates is gone. Oh, rest in peace. Hunter Henry is about to explode this year. All right. Okay. I think Hunter Henry was, was primed to explode last year before a season-ending injury. Um, and he's just... He is so talented, so big, so athletic, such great hands, and I think he's going to take over right where Antonio Gates left off. And we know that Philip Rivers loves throwing his tight ends yep. because Antonio Gates, Gates had a phenomenal career. Uh, I think Hunter Henry's going to probably lead the uh, the association in touchdown catches by tight end this year. Okay. That's my that's my bold prediction. I wouldn't say he necessarily will be the top scoring tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Kelsey will probably lap him in yards, yeah. but but uh, but I do think he's he's a top five tight end this year. Yeah. So if you can get him top five, uh, you you you're gonna get a steal in Hunter Henry. Now I think he is pretty high up there on the, the yeah draft the draft board. I looked at he was the fourth tight end. Okay. Which is yeah. the only reason I would question him being a sleeper. Sure. But he has lived in Antonio Gates' shadow. Yeah. So, so I think even at four, like he's still got room to even exceed that. Yeah. I think he's going to have a huge year. Yeah, I agree. I think he will do good. All right, my second sleeper, Tyler Eifert. This is the year yeah, that like Tyler it. Eifert does not get hurt. No severely. way. Severely. No way. <laughs> he might miss eight games. Does that happen? But... Yeah, okay. He <laughs> <laughs> plays eight games. Is not hurt. Yeah. I think, but in the sample size we've seen Tyler Eifert play, we know he's athletic. We know he's powerful. We know he's fast. We know he's not Grady. We know he's not. Hey, we love Grady. <laughs> Boiler up, okay. Boiler up, Boiler, hey, Grady. If you're listening to this, we love you. We love you, um, and thank keep, you for your service. Keep, keep working on your game. Keep working on that. Hey, that jump shot though looked good when it was wide open. So yeah. anyway, move. Let's go back to football. Um, <laughs> Basketball is another season. I think Tyler Eifert. He's he's always. I remember watching him at Notre Dame. He was amazing, um, and I think Andy Dalton is not the best quarterback. No, no, but no, he's, he's not. but he's good. He is above serviceable. He is not great. He is a quarterback that I would not be mad about having on my team. He's better than Rex Grossman when <laughs> Rex Grossman took the Bears, Bears to the Super Bowl. To the Super Bowl. So that's the only reason I could say serviceable applies. But I think if you are a Cincinnati Bengals fan, which I definitely know a few that are probably listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. um, you want and have been wanting a better option than Andy Dalton for years. But doesn't mean you're gonna get put AJ McCarron in there. But hey, they got is is Marvin Jones finally come? Yes. No. Fact check. Fact check. Marvin Jones. Wait, is it Marvin? No, Marvin Lewis. Marvin. Oh, dang it, we're bad. Marvin Lewis, uh, coach with. Wait, wait. 
We're going to edit this blank space all out. Marvin Lewis. We're uh, going to have a new segment next week called Fact Check. (laughs) (laughs) Current job. Marvin Lewis is currently, okay, yeah, he's currently in the broadcast booth, so he's not a Cincinnati Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals coach anymore. That's what we wanted to know. goodness. Yes, he's, you can't go 15, 16 years and eight or whatever playoff appearances and not win a playoff game and still have your job. How does that work? I don't know. Anyway. But Tyler Eifert, big target. A.J. Green's getting up there. He's not going to take as many yards away from him anymore, I don't think. Um, Well, he might not even play for a few weeks into the season. Brandon LaFell, sorry, not great. Uh, Tyler Eifert is a great option, and I think he should catch. If I am the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, I want Tyler Eifert catching six to seven balls a game, mm. at least. Yeah, absolutely. And I, he can. And he's going to get the red zone targets, but will he play 16 games? Will he play 12 games? You know, if he plays... You know what? If he plays 12 games, I'm happy with that. I would be, too. Yeah. Honestly. Um, he's fragile. He is. He's a little little dainty little piece of ceramic. Yeah, he, he did go to Notre Dame. Yeah, he should start working on that, like, Marvin Harrison slide. When he catches yeah. the ball, just go mm. down like a little rag doll. Yep. So nobody can hear <laughs> um, All right. Ty- Tyler Eifert. I like yeah. I really like Thank Tyler you. Eifert. Last, I last I year, I picked Tyler Eifert pretty early for tight ends, thinking it's, this is the year. This is a great pick. Like, well, I guess I think I, think I got him maybe, like, actually, no, I definitely got him late, way late. And that's why I felt like it was a good pick. Anyway. He disappointed me a little bit again. Um, yeah, but I'd love to see him play a full season and see what he can do. Yep. Good. Um, right. I think it's bust time. Is that? Yeah. yeah, that's we're going to busts now. Busts. Busts. This is where the hot takes Whoa. happen. <laughs> uh, can we have some kind of bust sound effect from the producers? It's time for. The bust segment. All right, we're going to edit that out. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, All right. Tell me what you got for your bust quarterback. For my bust quarterback, this was hard. This was really hard. I look – also, like, when you look at fantasy, your quarterbacks aren't like, oh, the quarterbacks, you know? Because mm-hmm. in the NFL, most quarterbacks can have a big game. Sure. This year, my bust is going to be Carson Wentz. Um. Like I said earlier when I said I think it's the Cowboys' division to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson Wentz is throwing to a very passive prime Alshon Jeffrey. Whew. Alshon Jeffrey's younger than you think. It doesn't, doesn't matter the age. I'm saying passes prime. Okay. Um, Nelson Algalore, who has done nothing but disappoint me. <laughs> and who's their other receiver? Who is it? I mean, they got Zach Ertz. Sure. Zach Ertz, great tight end. Best tight end. They got end. Dallas Goddard. They got. I think that might be it. Do yeah. they sell Jordan Matthews? I don't think so. I'm not sure. Fact check. Yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, uh, Carson Wentz. He's been hurt, and he had a great year when they went to the Super Bowl. And Nick Foles had to come in and save the day. Yeah. Um, year after that. Yeah. I kind of forgot Carson Wentz was in the league a little bit. Wait, last year? Yeah. Well, he was in the league for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think I, I I do think Carson Wentz is still going to be a stellar quarterback in the future, but I think 2019, 2020, mm-hmm. this this season right here, mm-hmm. uh, I do I don't think he is a good quarterback that you want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see him. First off, just having an offense that is going to allow him to produce as much as we want him to. Um, 
good decision maker. He's not going to throw you a bunch of picks, but I don't, I don't, I don't see thirty-five touchdowns happening. Mm. I see thirty, yeah, maybe less. Yeah. Okay. Well, as we were as we were discussing our our sleepers and busts, uh, and how Jack Doyle is going to, you know, maybe make Eric Ebron go down a little bit. Eric Ebron just caught a touchdown in the. Uh, Colts uh, preseason game tonight. Um, that doesn't mean anything, but I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> that doesn't mean we're wrong. But uh, hey, I hope they. I hope he exceeds last year and that Jack Doyle has a great year. Anyway, I totally disagree with your Carson Wentz. Okay, pick. Um, I think Carson Wentz is primed to have a great year. Okay, part of that might be he's on my fantasy team. Mm. Um, so you know, bias is there for sure, but he is. Great talent, and I think you know. I think he's he's gonna have a, a good full season, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, and I think the Eagles. I think they might. Mm, it's gonna be the Eagles and the Cowboys. Yeah, fighting I'm, for it. I'm trying to decide if I think I want to make that bold prediction. I think I'm gonna avoid it right now. Maybe another pod I'll make that bold prediction. But you see, I, that's why I phrase it as it's the Cowboys <laughs> division two. Yeah, lose. I definitely think the Eagles have a great shot at winning it, and I think Jordan Howard is another guy that that. Um, is getting slept on, but that's we've already done that segment. So, uh, my quarterback, and as you can tell, we're definitely not experts on this. Um, no, as, but we're a lot of fun. But yeah, hopefully you're enjoying what you're listening to. Um, I'm enjoying running my mouth a lot about these uh, sportsy topics. Uh, <laughs> All you listeners out there, just remember you're supporting us having fun. Absolutely. So. Uh, um, and if you hate sports, just hang in there. We'll we'll uh, we'll have other days where it's not as much sports. Yeah. Fantasy is just starting right now. Oh, absolutely. So. Um, Quarterback, bust, Kyler Murray. Love it. You great. <laughs> okay, great. We're on the same page. He's uh, quarterback 12 right now, I think. Um, not crazy high, but uh, Josh Rosen, I believe, was top seven maybe in sacks um, okay. last year. I was looking up these stats. Can't memorize them all. I'm a human. Um, sorry about that. But uh, that was only in, I think, 12 games, maybe 14. And... That line is trash. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's bad. Yeah. Um, now it's not as bad as Houston Texans' offensive line. Don't know how they made the playoffs. And actually, well, I do. His name is Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Uh, but Deshaun took sixty-something sacks last year, which was like seven or eight yeah. more than anybody else. And um, and and he and Big Ben had like way more dropbacks than anyone else. So. Just the fact that that Rosen in like half the dropbacks of Big Ben took like twenty more sacks than Big Ben mm-hmm. is something to be nervous about, yeah. especially with a frail little guy. Well, I don't know if he's frail, but he's small. And mm-hmm. Kyler Murray back there, I don't think he's the solution this year. I think Josh Rosen was a good talent. Um, I think that was a really a stretch of a pick by the Cardinals, who are yeah. who are really really looking to like bounce back from their bad years, and they're yeah. making some bad plays. Uh, because of it, but who knows? You know, yeah. I thought and Baker was a bad pick. Just a side note: What's sad for me is that the Cardinals were good. What four years ago when they uh, went to the NFC Championship game? Wasn't it that, or was it they go to the divisional round? Um, I'm trying to remember. Then Carson that? Palmer, and Carson he went, Palmer. he went down oh, with an ACL. Oh, yeah, that was a few years back. Yeah, Carson Palmer had one decent year with them, didn't didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, maybe that was four or five years ago. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Right, but they've had a few, a couple really bad years. Yeah, yeah Perry, With I, decent defenses even. They just yeah, I I actually really like that that bust pick. I'm gonna see if I can find real quick on my board where Kyler Murray was at. Uh, on the board I was looking at, Kyler Murray was eighth. Eighth on, quarterback. Eighth quarterback. Wow. Um, 
We know your quarterbacks are going to get you more points when they run. Yes, I, I get that. And, and Lamar and Murray, I also am, or not uh, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Who's Lamar Murray? Is that a, that a person? I don't think I'm so. thinking of Jamal Murray. Yeah, shout out. Um, or Lamar Miller. Or Lamar. I definitely combined them. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I definitely am not sold on Lamar Jackson having a good year either. But yeah, uh, yeah, I I think Kyler Murray. Throw. Right. <laughs> Kyler Murray, I didn't like the pick. I didn't like him at Oklahoma. I don't mm. I don't like that. Wait, how did how did you not like him at Oklahoma? He was phenomenal. Eh. <laughs> just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. Okay. I, I don't like it. it. I just don't like a quarterback it was, that runs. It was the post Baker Mayfield era and you were salty. Yeah, because he wasn't Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I, I don't like a quarterback that just I just don't like a quarterback that runs a lot. <laughs> okay. I want him to throw. I think your running bats are paid to super run. Super exciting. Gotta admit sure. that. He's, sure, yeah, he's I'll be entertained. Um, but I don't think fantasy-wise he's going to be... No. He's, he's not your guy. You can also say he might score you a bunch of points because the Arizona offense isn't going to do much on its own, True. so he's going to have to run. But he's going to get obliterated like, yeah, by by the defensive ends. And I will say, team. outside of fantasy, no, Kyler Murray is not the answer yeah. to Arizona's problems. And, you know, for the guy, I hope his career turns out. Yeah, but I don't. It's gonna be a rough start. Yeah, and no, Agreed. do not pick him on your fantasy team. Yeah, don't don't pick him unless it's uh, I would say keeper league and you get him late. Yeah, if you get him maybe after you get a good quarterback. After first. you've already gotten a good quarterback that'll get you points this year, and maybe you can trade him later. <clears throat> yeah. All right, who you got for running back? Le'Veon Bell. All right. Well, I'll just go ahead and say I had Le'Veon Bell as well. Let's go, <laughs> roommates. Thinking alike. Yeah, <laughs> that was a high five, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah, Le'Veon Bell. Loved watching him at the Steelers, but the whole just entire scenario that we have gone mm. through with him and to watch him tank, you know, to like, I'm not going to play, to now I've gained a bunch of weight, and my answer is now going to the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, they paid him. Yeah, they paid him. He got paid, sure. Uh, Good for you. Good for you. Good for you, Le'Veon. Um, you, you did you. You got paid. We know Le'Veon can run out of the backfield and he can catch... I don't think Sam Donald's a good guy to be catching from. I just don't see it. Yeah. That's that's not a great explanation, but I just don't see it. point to his worst fantasy season in his last four, probably. I mean, not counting yeah. last year. All yeah. signs point to that. I mean, sure, he'll be, you know, he'll be getting the majority of the carries and honestly, the majority of the touches. Yeah, they still have a couple of, uh, they still have, what, Blah Powell and Elijah McGuire in the backfield there, maybe? I think so, yeah. I don't know if Powell's still there. I assume he is. But, yeah, my explanation is I just don't see it. I totally agree. I don't. I don't have much else to say about yeah. that. We're both. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. Le'Veon also may not be your guy. If you have another option, I I'd yeah. say if you're picking Le'Veon, Nick Chubb's probably still still on the board. Yeah. Now Wes has already said that he thinks Nick Chubb might not have a great year because Kareem Hunt, but but that's also later on. I like Nick Chubb. Go for I, it. I do. I also, also like Nick Chubb. Uh, He's a Brown. James Conner might still be on the board at that position. You know, some you you have Todd Gurley might be on the probably on the board at that position. You have better options. Yeah. Heck, I would take Devontae Freeman. Okay, before I take that's Le'Veon Bell. that's that's bold. I would, yeah, All right. I, because just for the instance of I see the Falcons putting up more points in general, yeah. and more opportunities for Devontae yeah, Freeman. I like than, it. Then yeah, then Bell's gonna have perfect. Cool. All right, so we we agreed on one. We agreed. Wow, guys, this is episode one. We agreed on something. Um, next, next time we agree on something like this, um, we're gonna we're gonna flash back, and you know it could be years. It could be years. It could be years. Yes. All right, Perry. My bust wide receiver, Mike Evans. Wow. Yeah. Well, we didn't agree on two in a row. That's okay. Yeah, it is. That's okay. I didn't expect to. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't like the Bucks. 
I think they're garbage. Mm. <laughs> and my least favorite player in the league is Jameis Winston. Wild. Why? I think it's wild that you hate Jameis Winston because you like <laughs> Baker Mayfield. <laughs> they are sort of similar if you look at it. <laughs> um, I don't see I don't see Jameis Winston giving Mike Evans enough opportunities mm. to score points like we've seen Mike Evans score before. Yeah. I'm not saying Mike Evans is a bad player. Great receiver, great size. Yeah. He's still going to put up points, but I would take – if he's still on the board, I think there's other options that are going to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know if Jameis Winston is going to throw 400 yards and four touchdowns or 103 picks. You also don't even know if that's James, a lot of picks. You also don't even like know it. if if Jameis Winston is going to be allowed to play <laughs> half the time. Yeah, and seems like he's doing something stupid. Every and they time. don't have Fitz Magic. Yeah, you don't have that backup to come in, give you two great games, and then and then suck for a half and throw six picks, and then they put Jameis back and in. and they get benched. Yeah, yeah. So. But actually, I think that's going to work in Jameis Winston's favor. To you be think honest so? with you, I think I think the fact that. <laughs> that they're not going to have that backup to switch in and out every other game. <laughs> yeah. I think Jameis might actually have a decent year. He's okay. going to throw the ball a lot. They're not going to win games. Yeah, no. But fantasy-wise... Which, as a Falcons fan, we like that. <laughs> there's going to be a couple quarterbacks who you pick early that get hurt. That You're, you're, got, you're Aaron Rodgers from last year or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, they get hurt early, and you may need to turn to someone some week, uh, or it might be bye week. Jameis... Is gonna throw a lot. Yeah, he Pey- has to. Peyton Barber's is number one RB. So yeah. if you guys haven't heard of Peyton Barber, that's fine. But, and that's he's why he's not really relevant. <laughs> I believe he's on my fantasy. Hopefully, team. Peyton Barber's not listening to this. But if you are, that's pretty cool. He's listening to this. Give so. us a shout out, Peyton. Yeah, I, I'll take it back if you run for a thousand yards, Peyton. Yeah. But so anyway, yeah. yeah, Wes is bust. Mike Evans. All right. Um, and like I said, yeah. just from a stance of, I don't see him producing as much. Sure, he could have a step down from yeah. last year. I don't think he's a bad pick. I think, no, not a bad pick. Well, yeah, I I wouldn't put him as a bust, so that's why I disagree okay. with you. Just because I think Evans is going to get a ton of targets. Okay, a ton of targets. Got to catch some of them. Um, but I got this is interesting too. My next two two busts are are kind of controversial. I'd say. Okay. I got Devonte Adams as my wide receiver bust. Ooh, who is the number one rated wide receiver in fantasy boards and. That's kind of why I got him as a bust, because, like, number one... It's a high standard. It's pretty high, and he's injury-prone. He's had concussion problems. He's um, he's not super explosive. He's not crazy fast. He's not got incredible leaping ability. He runs routes well. He's got good hands, and he's got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I see a good year from Devontae Adams, but he's not going to be top... Few wide receivers. I, I, yeah. bet, I bet he's between five and ten. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're ranked at number one, you gotta yeah hope to produce between first and fourth. Yeah, to fifth. Right, right, right. He, and he might not. He's not gonna. I don't think. I think he's gonna probably be close to that wide receiver ten mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so he might be the first wide receiver you pick. Well, he probably won't because if you if you do, you're probably picking him really early. Um, I would personally take DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas and Julio Jones and Odell Beckham Jr. above. Yeah, Devontae. Agreed. So. Agreed. And even though he's at the even though that's the Raiders, I'd pick Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is still phenomenal, guys. He's still uh, gonna score. He's still a phenomenal player. Let's see if Derek Carr can play some football. Yeah. So all right, Perry, my last bust. I'm actually gonna switch it right now. Are you? Yeah. I had OJ Howard. Okay. Um, I think he's a great player, and I'm gonna switch it to a guy who is not ranked as high as he used to be. Jordan sure. Reed. Jordan Reed. Um, I love you have him as a bust. I have him as a bust. Okay. Interesting. Now he was only 13th. Okay. On the list that I looked at, yeah. Which, first off, I thought was a little low. 
Sure. You'll be honest. Um, 13th for tight ends, I yeah, should yeah, say. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like we just said earlier about the whole Redskins quarterback situation, who even is the quarterback for the Redskins? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Jordan Reed's production started off being down last year. I'm not going to blame that on Alex Smith, but let's be honest. Alex Smith does not throw the ball down the field. Yeah. He can. He just doesn't. I mean, he did his last year in Kansas City. When he had high-powered. Right. Uh, they they kind of said, like, you got one more year here probably, yeah. and let's see if you can do it. He did. did. And he had a phenomenal year. But uh, I think Jordan Reed, first off, he could be a sleeper and a bust. Valid. Because you don't know if Case Keenum's going to go off or go down. Yeah. Um, I would, though I do not like the Buckeyes, I would love to see Dwayne Haskins get a shot. He will. Just because I want to see what he's going to do. He will. Now, <laughs> and whether Dwayne Haskins gets a shot or not and how he performs is what Jordan Reed's numbers are going to depend on. Still serviceable. Still a good tight end. Mm. He's going to score some touchdowns. Yeah. Some touchdowns. Yeah. Even on a team like the Redskins right now. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't see it good. I don't see it going well. And he's on my team, so. It's all health, man. Yeah. Jordan Reed is ranked 132 on the, the draft board we're looking at right now. Uh, total 13th tight end. If if he's healthy all year, he could exceed that, yeah. I think. And we've seen him put up numbers. Yeah, I remember he saved me a game last year. Uh, I believe Jordan Reed caught two touchdown passes last year. And I believe they were both in the same game, and that's why I, it was right. on like a Sunday night. Or Monday night, and I won the game, uh, the fantasy game I was playing because of that. Um, so yeah, I, I like Jordan Reed, but he's yeah. Just see if he can stay healthy, and then that's honestly that's go awesome. from there. Yeah. He's so talented, but yeah, yeah, go from there, I guess. And stay Case, healthy, Jordan. And Case Keenum's gonna throw it to the cornerback that's on him before he yeah, gets yeah, to yeah. him. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, probably. sorry, Case. or the ground, but or the ground, um, so or he's gonna get sacked. I got Zach Ertz. <laughs> Oh, how do you feel about that? I don't like that. Sorry, Will Rasmussen. Uh, <laughs> he's kind of in love with Julia Ertz, but so he probably didn't like this pick. But I, I think Zach Ertz is. He had fun, such a great year last year that and the all, year before and the year before all signs point to a decline this year. That's I think. that makes sense. That makes um, sense. And the rise of Dallas Goddard. He's he's a more legitimate threat um, than uh, what was his name Selleck. That was Get, used Brent to be Selleck. Two. Brent Selleck or Garrett Selleck. Brent. I think there's two of them, but. Uh, yeah, I think now you were talking about some of the you were talking about the Philadelphia Philadelphia receivers going like not being um, anything that you wrong or right home about. Yeah, and I kind of think that they're getting better at, at wide really? receiver. I do. I think that Alshon Jeffrey could have a good year this year. He's okay. not that old. I think he's like twenty eight or twenty nine. Um, I'd say he was old. I'd say he's past his prime. Yeah, and and I think um, Nelson Aguilar is also. 24, 25. He, he's, he's, he could have his best year this year, and I know they have somebody else that I'm not thinking of. Not worth my time to look it up right now. Um, and, yeah, I, I think Zach Ertz will probably have a, a top five or six tight end year. Um, but if you pick him number one tight end, if you pick him early and reach for him, you're probably going to be disappointed. Okay, I can see that. I think he's going to be the best tight end in the league. Do you? I do. I think he's going to have the best numbers. Okay. But... Do you really want to reach for your tight end? 
I might, even, I might reach for Hunter Henry. We'll see. <laughs> even even if he's Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz, yeah, yeah, you don't. I don't want to reach. You typically for a tight end. don't. As much as we were just hyping up tight ends earlier, they're they're the best position in football. They're awesome. Not fantasy they're football. awesome, but they're not as consistent because you just don't know. You're you're rarely going to get consistency points wise from tight ends. Yeah. Now you got consistency from Travis Kelsey last year and Zach Ertz. That's but about they were it. they were pretty much number one. That's options. about it. Yeah. I mean, Eric Ebron, what thirteen touchdowns, but you know that he still didn't have consistency. Yeah. He caught a lot of touchdowns, but. He had a good year, and I just don't see in the long run, you know, Zach Ertz, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. All right, well, uh, can we move on to uh, maybe a different topic? Maybe let's yeah, let's go a down sm- to... A smaller one. Yeah, smaller little, just a little smaller. Let's, yeah. let's talk a little bit about uh, some college football. Yeah, I, I would say I think our knowledge is a little less on this one. Maybe maybe a little. I mean... But it's because... It didn't hurt. It's because in college but, football, there's just so much. It's not like... There's a lot of teams. There's not just 32 teams. Right now, right, many, many. Right, I, I mean, I would say um, this one also. There's a little less, um, less to question about, less to wonder about this yeah. year. You got your couple teams that are They're up there, way better than most way other better. teams. Sorry, everybody else. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. So maybe you already know where we're going with this. But I would figure, you know, it's next next week, right? Yeah, next week. That's how we're gonna be spending our Saturdays. Next Saturday, yeah. Let's watch some football. Um, but uh, so we are going to be predicting the power, conference winner for the Power Five of all Power Five teams, as well as what college football playoff, college football playoff, four teams and a winner. That's right. That's right. Um, well, let's just get this out of the way. Um, I know we said we weren't going to agree probably much later, but I think we might. Do we both have? <laughs> let me guess: Clemson and Alabama winning the ACC and. Uh, the SEC. In the SEC. Well, would you look at that? We wow. do. Wow. How about that? Amazing. Anything you want to say about that? Anything, maybe, any contenders in the SEC or ACC that you think could challenge? Oh. oh. ACC, no. <laughs> no. I don't think so. <laughs> I agree. Um, I think Clemson's just a juggernaut at this point. And the rest of the ACC just is bad. They weren't great last year. You know, the, the ACC was not... Usually the ACC is a tough conference. I mean, they're tough as a whole because they have the best team, arguably. Mm-hmm. But... When you when you are the best team at Clemson, they don't have yeah. much to worry about. Yeah, Clemson, I think they get by all the trap games. I know? think Clemson. I mean, they're ranked they're they're ranked first in the pre AP poll, but I think they are the best team in the country, and I think that they're just they are not just better yeah. than all the other teams in the ACC. They are a lot better. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. So, what's the next? Uh, what's is there any other teams in the ACC that are ranked coming in this year? Um, let's see. Syracuse down there at twenty-two. I think is little, the only other yeah. one, maybe. Yeah, that's, that's, a, little, that's a little surprising. Like. But I mean, we'll see some teams come up. Like I don't see Florida State being bad. Yeah, Boston um, College uh, always, could have a decent year. Pitt always They're is looking, involved in yeah, some Pitt games. Play some offense. Well, let's see if they um, can defend. Um, honestly, Tech. But yeah, Duke, Miami might be the biggest yeah. contender. I don't know. We'll I don't know. I, Contender, we can use lightly. Yeah. Challenger, Might be maybe. the biggest football team that throws points. Might be within Clemson. 10. Yeah, <laughs> maybe beats the spread. But yeah, Trevor uh, Lawrence is going to be a stud again. Yeah. Heisman? What do you think? This is this is not scripted. Mm. We have not thought about this. We have not thought about this. Yeah, give it to him. I, I think it's I, it's Trevor Rotua, right? Whoever Trevor Rotua, and I think Trevor's better. I think if Trevor Lawrence and Clemson goes undefeated in the regular season, he's going to win the Heisman. Yeah, and I think he's going to... He's gonna, He's gonna throw a lot of yards. He, he's gonna be. Yeah, I mean, he's got some weapons, man. Yeah. If you guys don't know, I'm a Clemson Tigers uh, fan, so kind of a kind of a big fan. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Um, but yeah, but yeah. He's, he's gonna be so good. yeah, uh, SEC challengers. Um, 
I'm looking at this ranking right now. We've got LSU at six and Florida at eight. They got Georgia at three as Georgia well. Georgia at three. Georgia Georgia's my only contender. Georgia's good. Uh because I don't see Florida staying at eight. Yeah. I don't. And I, don't. And I think the biggest thing is Georgia's on the opposite side of the conference. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, I, I like I like Georgia, but Let's be honest, it's Alabama. Yeah, I think, I think to be honest with you, I think Georgia's got a, a solid chance, probably better than last year's. Um, yeah. I don't think Alabama got better. No. I think last year Alabama had possibly the best team that they've ever had, possibly. And they and Clemson, got Clemson which is better. Which was amazing. I, I was just, um, if you know me and you were around me when that playoff <laughs> was going around, going on, my mentality was kind of like, you know, Clemson's good. I don't know if we can beat Alabama. I really yeah. didn't. Um, because I also thought Georgia was really good and they beat mm-hmm. them twice. But, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think Alabama's got it. Uh, it's theirs to lose. I think Georgia's going to put some pressure on them. Mm-hmm. They, Jake Fromm, good quarterback. Jake Fromm, year three now. Great great player. Uh, he's got some some weapons. He's got Jander Swift at running back. Yep. Um, and I, I think they'll meet in the championship again, and I think it'll be a really good game. Yep. But yep. Alabama's been there, done that, and they'll do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LSU also solid team. They lost their quarterback, but who cares? Their quarterbacks are usually bad. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> what matters is they have defensive players, and they do again. Yeah. They have Grant Delpit, mm-hmm. I think is his name. I'm not an expert on college football by any means, but I think Grant Delpit is supposed to be one of the best defensive yeah. players and one of the higher draft picks. Yeah. All right. Now, okay, a couple others. Big Ten. That's our homeland, Perry. Yes. We got. We are Big Ten. Peoples. Um, so I've got Michigan. You got Michigan. Yeah, I think a lot of people are picking Ohio State. Justin Fields, the transfer from Georgia, former number one overall recruit over Trevor Lawrence, number two. Mm. Um, but, you know, I just I don't see them being better than last year. 49-20. Um, uh, 49-20. But the I, I think I think it's gonna be a great yep. uh, season for the Big Ten in terms of that battle. Both teams will be good. A lot of people have said like they're both great. Michigan number seven coaches poll, Ohio State number five. They're both great. I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, Michigan's schedule is so tough," and that's why they pick Ohio State. I see it. I've looked at both schedules. Um, the biggest, like, they're they're very similar. The biggest thing I think Michigan has at Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Wisconsin's not that good. They have Jonathan Thomas. He's phenomenal. Or Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I'm thinking of Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who is uh, <laughs> the former voice of uh, young Simba. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> we already did the Disney section, Perry. Uh, yeah, we did. All right. Well, anyway. Um, yeah, so Jonathan Taylor, great player, but I don't think Wisconsin's going to be that great. Yeah, I don't either. I think they'll be able to get that win. Both teams will. Um, I guess there's there's could be a question. But of, they've got Notre Dame. That's the biggest question. That's a hard game. Michigan's got Notre Dame. Ohio State doesn't. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really where the schedules differ. I think you also got to look at who gets tripped up by a little team. Yes. Like we were. We were right, the little right. team. So can Ohio State beat Purdue this year? Well, they don't play us. That is that. Wow. I so, should just change so, it right now. So in other words, no, they can't beat Purdue this year. Wow. <laughs> I, I should just absolutely change my poll. I just had, had banked on Ohio State losing to Purdue. And <laughs> never mind. But, uh, no, just kidding. But I think the biggest thing is Michigan versus Ohio State, November the, I don't know, 30th, probably, I think, something like that. And it's in the big house. Mm. So I think that's the biggest thing. I think 
Um, both those teams will probably lose one other game. You think so? I do. I think um, I think so, and I think Michigan will win that game against Ohio State, and and be the and then win the Big Ten championship as a, and come out as a one loss team. So. Okay, I think I'm picking Ohio State to win, just from sheer. What can I even expect at this point? <laughs> uh, let's see. This is Jim Harbaugh's third, fourth. Third? I, th- I think this is at least his fourth year. Yeah, maybe fourth. Um, he hasn't beaten Ohio State yet. Um, we haven't seen him do what he was brought to do mm-hmm. yet. I mean, he's brought Michigan back. Well, up. They, they've. I mean, he's sort of done it. Like they were not anywhere in to be seen when you're looking at coaches' polls back That's in true. 2014. That's true. But I and I love Jim Harbaugh. He's the typical outrageous character that I enjoy, like Baker Mayfield. But I don't see it. I just don't see it. Um, like you said, they've got a hard schedule. Notre Dame game, that's going to be tough. I hope that Michigan wins the Big Ten. Do you? I really do. I'm I'm saying go blue. Yeah, we don't, like, this fight. We don't like Ohio State here either. Um, but for the sake of being right, I'm going to pick Ohio State. Okay. For the sake of being right, you say. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we will see. We'll see. In, in and I will gladly be wrong. In approximately four months. We'll yeah. see. Happily, so, I will be wrong. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, Keep listening. You're going to have to listen to every single episode just to see, you know, what how things are going with that, uh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, right, you want to do Big 12 or Pac-12 first? Mm. Let's do Big 12. Big 12. All right. I'm picking Texas. Wow. You would. As a Baker Mayfield guy. Um, I've said Nathan DeMars I hope you're listening because I'm pretty sure Nathan has been the one that always gives me a hard time for saying that Jalen Hurts is bad okay because Jalen Hurts is bad Jalen Hurts you're not bad you just you're better than I am you just need to throw the ball a little better I don't think you can (laughs) we'll see Um, he's got a good ankle now though I hear so I I think (laughs) he'll work in the Oklahoma system if it's the Kyler Murray system because he can run is he better than Lamar Jackson no. Okay. No. Lamar Jackson has a Heisman. Valid point. I agree that he is not better than Lamar Jackson, <laughs> but I also think Lamar Jackson cannot throw. So. Yeah, I think I think I don't know if it's too bold to say Oklahoma has a big step down this year, but they will step down, and I think Jalen Hurts is the main problem. Hmm. Um, and you know, let's be honest, Texas—they're always ranked in the beginning, and we, every year they drop like a rock. Yeah. Seems like it. You know what? Let's just go for it. 2019. Mm-hmm. Let's just say 2019 Texas doesn't drop like a rock. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Uh, so I totally disagree. But, That's fine. But I, I do think Texas is going to be decent. Um, I think they're going to... I mean, Sam Eilinger, I believe is his name, that it runs uh, runs quarterback position for them right now. And it's nice that they finally have uh, a returning quarterback. Yeah. Um, I look at Texas's schedule and I see uh, some losable games. LSU's a big one. You got LSU early, like that's probably an L, but it is at home. But let's also think that that's early. It is early. Yeah. So 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 yeah. Who's throwing the football for LSU? Hopefully nobody. Hopefully they just run it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean they got at home against Oklahoma, which is huge. Uh, they could win that game. Honestly, they win that game. I think they could win that game and still lose. Yeah, I see at I, I see at Iowa State as a hard game. I do. Yeah, Iowa State seems to bust a few bubbles every year. Um, and Texas Tech could be a hard game, but Texas is home. Yeah. So so, uh, yeah. I look at their schedule. They're probably losing. <sighs> LSU, I think that's one. And then I think they're going to lose one other game outside of that, honestly, that's going to be disappointing. Maybe even two. Probably not. But, uh, I mean, if they lose to – I think they're losing 
at least one between LSU Oklahoma, probably two, and then maybe one other. So we'll see. It, I, I see them putting some pressure on Oklahoma, maybe beating them. But even if they do, I think Oklahoma that might that would be their only loss, okay. and then they would right. they would win. So uh, so if you completely disagree, are you picking Oklahoma? I am picking Oklahoma. I'm picking Oklahoma. So, okay. So I do think Oklahoma is going to win. I think they're going to have one loss probably. Um, but that plays into kind of my 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 playoff um, pick. So we'll not go too much into that. Okay. I think I think whoever wins that Texas Oklahoma game, that's your Big Twelve champion. Unless Texas goes like six and six, but I don't see that happening either. Gotcha. I think whoever wins that game has the momentum for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll see. We'll right. see. We'll see. Yeah, it could be. It could be a. Uh, could be. Could be neither. Could be Iowa State. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. Uh, that's a little. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's going to be one of those two. But it, who knows? It could be a three-loss team that wins, which would be wild. Which would be interesting, and would pretty much eliminate them from playoff yeah. contention. Well, it would eliminate them. Yeah, not pretty much. But all right. Last but not least, Pac-12. Pac-12. All right. Um, so I got Washington. Washington. And it looks like you don't. <laughs> I don't. I've got the Ducks. You got the Ducks. The Ducks. Uh, what's his name? Herbert Air Bear or how do you pronounce something it? Something like yeah. something that I'm not fancy enough to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a great quarterback, honestly. I think we watched Oregon be disappointed whenever they were great. You know, sure. Um, was it was it Chad Kelly? Uh, Chad Kelly was Ole Miss. Um, Mariota was Oregon. No, no, no. I'm thinking of the coach. Oh, Chip. Chip Kelly. Good old, good old Chip Kelly. Good old Chip. We watched Oregon under the Chip Kelly system be phenomenal and be... The, yeah, exciting. Um, then Chip Kelly left, obviously. Um, uh, that turned out well. And then for him and Oregon, except not. Except, yeah. yeah. Uh, we watched Oregon tank, pretty much. Ye- yes. Um, post-Marcus Mariota, they kind of tank. Still got great jerseys, though, so... Still got great jerseys. I trained for that. But I think, I think this is the year Oregon comes back to the top of the Pac-12. And I don't know if they'll stay there, but I think they'll be good. I think they'll be good. I don't say the Pac-12 is the Pac-12 is a very winnable conference. Absolutely, it's kind of wild. USC, USC, watch out for them. You think so? I mean, I'm not picking them, but right, 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 but, right. but watch out. Like, yeah. they could. They are probably the biggest out of all these conferences. These top five conferences. I'd say USC is the one team that's probably not really. Getting the looks as being a possible conference winner that has has a solid chance. Okay, but yes, I have Washington. The Huskies. I don't know why. I can't give you a good reason. Um, That's the Pac-12. Washington <laughs> won last year, and theoretically, they've gotten better. Theoretically, their schedule is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't, no, no other teams. Have made, no other teams have made huge right, jumps. Right, so. like Oregon's gonna have to. Gonna have to win a couple games and they haven't uh, yeah. they haven't won in a while, you know. So. Yeah, that's Pac-12. Yeah, that is Pac-12. All right, let's move on to the playoff. The playoff. All right. Um, give me your just. I guess go ahead and give me your. Uh, Do you want seating order? Because I have that. How about yeah? I have seating order as well. How about give me your your guarantees, like the ones that aren't super surprising. Oh, guarantees. Clemson, Bama. Okay, what's the seating? One and two. <laughs> Who's one? Clemson's one. Okay, Clemson's one. I don't see either. The, I don't think either of them will lose a game unless Bama loses to Georgia. Okay. Wow. And you still have Clemson won. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. And me, as the Clemson fan, I love it that Clemson's won on his list, but I've, I have Alabama won, Clemson too. Okay. And and for the reason the reason being, Clemson has a really easy schedule. Okay. Really easy. I think their easiest, 
or their hardest game in terms of percentage that they win is like 88%. <laughs> um, Rough. Yeah, and I think they're like a 54% of winning every game. So something like that when you combine all of them. Um, so they will win every game, <laughs> I think. I hope. Yeah. So, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, win every game. Yeah. But I think even if they do, uh, there's a good shot that they will not be the number one, mm-hmm. especially if they're not blowing everybody out. Um, which could happen. Um, I think Bama, if if they win every game, which they may or may not, um, then they will be number one. Yeah. If they win every game, they will be number one. If they win every game but one, maybe not. They probably won't be number one, but they will be number two. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's valid. Yeah. That's valid. All right, pair number three, I've got Ohio State. Ooh, okay. Solely from my first prediction of them being my Big Ten winner. Okay. Um, I, think, I think the winner of the Big Ten... They're not going to have more than one loss. They might not have any. Yeah. And also, though, the Big Ten... That's a lot. You've got a lot of unbeaten teams th- right now. That well, well, well uh, you know, <laughs> this is just hypothetically speaking. Sure, sure. Um, theoretically, that's what we, quote-unquote, want in the college football playoff, yeah, too. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, we, want, we want some unbeatens to get, you know... But maybe in a second we'll we talk about... We want the best four teams. Maybe too. in a second we'll talk about what teams we can think can trip these guys up. Mm. But I think Ohio State, I have them at three, and then I have Oregon at four. They won my Pac-12, and I don't Oregon think... Oregon at four. Because I have them winning the Pac-12. Do you have them going undefeated, too? I think the winner of the Pac-12 will be undefeated just because it's not hard. Mm, you're right, but I think they're. I think the winner of the Pac-12 will not be undefeated just because they're, none of them are that good. That's also valid. <laughs> I, I agree. I think, Perry, every other every team that I picked to win, every team that you picked to win was my number two. Interesting. So, I think that's pretty yeah. much... I think there's pretty much two teams at the top of every... It's about right. Yeah, except um, for ACC, for sure. There's one. <laughs> so, I think Oregon, I think they make it if they win every game. Okay. If Only if. Well, I think if they win every game, they win the Pac-12. Right. But if they lose a game and win the Pac-12, do they make a college football playoff? Oh, that's rough. We'll talk about that in a minute. How's I'm, that sound? I'm going to say that's a no. I want to hear your three and that's four, and then maybe we can talk about All right. that. All right. My three... Um, who did I have three? <laughs> Let me double check. I'm pretty sure I have Georgia. Mm. Um, and and the reason being, okay, this is wrong. Actually, I have I have Georgia number four. Okay, um, because Georgia will be that the non-conference winner that makes it in, and they're usually number four. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, even though I think they're better than the number three, whoever that's going to be. Agreed. We'll get to that in a second. Um, Georgia's really good this year. They might even be better than last year, and last year they were a bubble team mm-hmm. to make it in, and, and I think they're going to make it in this year. Um, but still not be the, still not be the SEC champion, but they'll make it in at four. And, and they'll, they'll give Alabama a really good rematch mm-hmm. game, Yeah, which will be the, th- the third game they play again. So it'll be a fun year for the Georgia-Alabama rivalry again. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I have three. I have, a, I have a tough one. Okay. So I have... If Oklahoma is undefeated, mm-hmm. they're number three. Okay. However, this is—I guess it's not really picking one then. But I don't think Oklahoma is going undefeated. I think they're losing one game uh, at least so, to Texas. Yeah. So if they West. if they lose one game and still win the Big Twelve, Michigan is your number three, assuming they have one loss and won the Big Ten or less. Well, they're gonna have loss. they're gonna have a loss. You think so? I do. Okay, I do. So Michigan's gonna have one loss at least. Let's bank on it. But Michigan, who I already picked, so we can't go back on that. As the Big Ten winner with one loss, is is making it in as my three. Um, 
just because I don't think Oklahoma's going undefeated. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so so we've got, let's just rehash. I've got Alabama 1, Georgia 4 playing each other, and Clemson 2, Michigan 3 playing each other. Yep, I've got Clemson 1, Oregon 4, and Bama 2, OSU 3. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Who you got in your championship? What is this, Clemson-Bama round 4? Right. <laughs> <laughs> round a million. We're going to be 80 years old. Being you know, like, hey, Clemson and Bama, it's 40 to 40 this year. I kind of miss parody a little bit. <laughs> but at the yeah. same time, we've been rewarded every year with yep. a great game. So yeah, yeah. I'm picking Clemson Bama. What are you thinking? Um, I, I mean, I agree with you, but you know, for some for for fun, for fun's sake, because this is our pod. <laughs> this is our this pod. is our pod. This is our reality. I got Georgia beating Bama um, for the first time in a while in a great game. I would love that um, close game. Georgia finally beats Bama and takes on Clemson after Clemson just dismantles Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and makes Michigan think, like... What happens? Are we, like, what do we got to do, you know? Like, they finally win the Big Ten and then get beat. Maybe a, maybe something similar to when Ohio State was like, yes, we got in the the tournament a couple years ago. Yeah. 30-0, to zero, was it? Yeah, something I like believe that. it was. Yeah, I was in a room watching that at Crew Winter Conference with about 120 Ohio State, State students. That was a good day for you. Rooting for Clemson. And it was awesome. <laughs> It was yeah. so great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so, so yeah, we got uh, my pick. I got Georgia versus Clemson in the championship. And I got Clemson-Bama. And you got Clemson-Bama again. All right. And who are we picking? I, I think we're going to agree. I think we're going to agree. I'm, I'm picking Clemson I'm to also, win again. I'm also picking Clemson to win again. This is an easy one for me just because I'm a huge fan and I could never pick against them. <laughs> uh, well, you could. I, I could. I, I mean, someday I will. You'll have to. If this pod goes on for as long as we hope, <laughs> I will at someday. Uh, but hopefully not in the near future. Yeah. Maybe when we're on AARP or something. Yeah, Perry. Let me ask you: Who do you think? Who are your first two out? Of the playoffs? first two out. Okay. Yeah. So, um, honestly, I think LSU might be uh, might be number six mm-hmm. as a two loss at that point. Um, so they could be up there. SEC is really good as usual, and then probably Oklahoma as one one loss. In Oklahoma would be number five. I would think. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Under my system, I would say Georgia, Michigan are my first two out. Mm. I don't know who's five or six. Okay. But it just depends. Yep. All right. Depends. Sounds good. Well, that cool. was fun. That was fun. That was that was faster than the fantasy round. Yeah, we had a good time with that one. The fantasy round uh, t- was also fun, um, but that was a good meat of your day, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Um, what do we want to uh, What do we want to sign out on? Let's. Uh, well, first of all, let's talk about. Um, we're gonna have a Facebook page up. Yep, and an Instagram. And an Instagram. The gram. The gram. Wes gonna run the Instagram. I'm gonna run the Facebook page. Um, please send us any questions. Yeah. Anything you want us to talk about? Yeah. Segment requests. Message us on Facebook. Slide into those yeah. DMs yeah. on the gram. We're gonna. Yeah. Tell us who who was better. Whose picks were better? Whose fantasy. Uh, sleepers and busts. Do you agree with more? Maybe we'll put yeah. a put yeah. a poll out. And see. Yeah. Do you think a hot dog's a sandwich? Uh, <laughs> let's let let's let it die. That's never coming back. We're never talking about that again. We did that for a reason. We'll invite Drew Swearingen as a guest. But, but Jacob Riggs, if you're out there, um, and there's a topic that you want to talk about and ask. We will. Um, we might even let you come in. There's a chance we could talk about that specific topic that I feel very, very passionate about, <laughs> and you know what it is. Uh, great. Yeah. So, um, thanks for uh, thanks for Ben for coming on, for guesting, uh, guest starring on the pod. Yeah. Thank you for your expertise. Um, 
We'll be back in a couple weeks um, with a new pod. With a new pod. Hopefully bigger and better. Better than ever. Um, And and until then, stay humble. Stay hungry. Stay Stay hydrated. hydrated.